Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extra Plasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that believes ectoplasmic residue is a liquid asset. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet, and I'm stoked to be back bringing you episode 49 of Extraplasm after a week off. And joining us on the show this week is Tony Taylor of Phantasm Toys, a regular, uh, at this point, guest of the show, a frequent attendee of our proceedings, and a friend of the podcast. Uh, originally, Tony and Brendan Pierce, uh, you know, who of course make Phantasm together, and Brendan provides our logo, as you know, if you listen to the show every week. They were going to be coming on the show together um, and for the first time face to face present with one another, because if you listen to the show in the past when they've been on, you might know that the first time they even met on webcam, <laughs> even though they've worked together for quite some time, was on the show. Uh, but uh, Brendan has flown to the United States. Uh, he's here on holiday. He's actually staying at Tony's house and we plan to record the podcast together uh, with the three of us. And we were very excited to do it. And Brendan fell pretty ill um, to the point that he didn't really feel well enough to sit at the microphone. And I completely understand that he had like a crazy 18 hour flight. Um, he apparently uh, tried to get some nicotine stuff to replace his vape stuff. And that went badly. And he got stuff that made him not feel good. And I mean, the bottom line is the dude flew all the way to the United States. So we're hoping to uh, catch up with Brendan soon and to have him on the podcast uh, when he's feeling better. But this week, we're going to be talking with Tony. And so what are we going to be talking about? Well, obviously, toys. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Phantasm Toys and what they have coming up down the pike. But we're also going to get into a conversation this week about what is going to be coming for the next Ghostbusters movie uh, and what we expect for the next things like, you know, Toy Fair uh, 2023 that's happening at the end of this month. Uh, whether or not we should, you know, expect to see uh, role play toys being re-released that we saw for the last movie or whether they'll be changed out. There might be some discussion in here about things like RC traps, um, you know, all sorts of different stuff that we get into this week about the Hasbro toy lines, our favorite parts about the Mattel toy lines and what we kind of aspire for and like hope we're going to see coming out of the next uh, toy releases for the new movie. Um, and there's some discussion there, too, about branding, about, you know, sort of the toy business and industry. So if you're a person who collects Ghostbusters toys like this is probably going to be a little more of an inside baseball-y or uh, toy fan discussion rather than just kind of a discussion about Tony and his company. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of Tony and his company, don't worry, that's in there too. But I'm really excited to bring it to you this week because I really love my conversations with Tony. He's always fun to get uh, get together with and talk about Ghostbusters. He's very passionate about it. Obviously, he makes a whole bunch of Ghostbusters-inspired figures. Uh, and so he's got some really good insights. And so this is a fun conversation I hope you're going to enjoy. But before we can get into that conversation, I just want to let you know about a couple of quick housekeeping items. Uh, I've let you know already that the Facebook page for Extraplasm is up. If you haven't gone and liked it and you want to, to be able to follow what's happening on uh, Facebook, you can. It's still not probably the primary place where you're going to find uh, Extraplasm on social media. That seems to have remained uh, Instagram so far. Uh, so, you know, of course, you can follow us there as, as usual. Uh, on YouTube, uh, Extraplasm YouTube is now up and running. If you go and look for Extraplasm podcast on YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, and what I'm doing up there is posting sort of short clips from the show. So if you're a person who wants to refer back to something, or if you like to listen to things in short format, like on your lunch at work, uh, that's going to be a thing I'm trying to produce on a regular basis. You may have seen the first set of those up in the last episode already. So 
If you want to take a look at that, like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, whatever it is that they tell folks to do on YouTube, feel free to do that as well. Um, and one thing I want to sort of just let people know, I, I'm pretty sure I've got the feeling that we're probably going to start to dial down and sunset the X slash Twitter account uh, for Extra Plasma bit. I, I think it'll probably still be there and I'll probably still be posting, uh, you know, little updates there about episodes that are coming out. But I'm going to be real with you. I had a really fun conversation with somebody who's uh, been on the show before, namely Paul Martin, who you may know as GB World Hub. Uh, we were talking about something and I suddenly found that I couldn't talk to him anymore. And the reason why was that I had apparently exceeded the number of DMs that uh, are permitted now if you're not a subscriber on X. And to be 100% real with you all, I'm not really inclined to give money to uh, X.com slash Twitter, whatever it is, slash Elon's pocket, uh, because that money is better spent in other places for the podcast. Um, so if you are DMing me uh, over on X and you're not getting a response, it might be because I'm locked out of DMing you back because I've DM'd too much that day. Um, and I'm not really interested in fixing it, to be 100% real with you. So if you want to reach me, uh, you know, I think the better place to do so is going to be on Instagram. You can, of course, reach the podcast at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. And we're over, we're over on Facebook at this point as well. So uh, there's a few other places to reach other than Twitter. but kind of expect that the interaction there is probably going to decrease a bit because it's just not a place that I'm finding a joy and engaging at this point uh, when I have to worry about whether or not in the middle of a conversation I'm going to be told, hey, you need to insert more coins into this particular box in order to keep talking to your friends. Uh, and that's just not a model that I want to support. So uh, if that poses a problem for anybody, sorry, um, I don't think it's going to, but I'm sure you can get in touch with the podcast otherwise if you really want to. Okay, so that kind of clears up the things we need to talk about in terms of uh, little housekeeping items. So let's go ahead and talk about some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. All in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. In Ghostbusters headlines this week, we've got a bit of stuff to catch up on because we were away. Uh, there was no show last week, so that means that anything that went on last week is something that, well, the show didn't cover. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. Um, let's start off with some merchandise items to talk about. Uh, if you have seen the Ghostbusters Rewind collection or from Funko, where they've got the rewind figures that are inside VHS boxes that look like they were on the shelf at Blockbuster... You might have remembered that there was a Stay Puft figure that's coming out. It is now available on Funko's website exclusively. So you can't buy this in stores. You do need to go to their website in order to get it. Uh, it's a vinyl figurine that's about three and three quarter inches tall that comes inside of a collectible case that looks like a VHS, uh, which is kind of fun. There's a one in six chance that you will get a chase item if you pick up one of these. So if you're interested in Funko items and you're interested in things that uh, have chases, then you may want to take a look at this because. Uh, I guess if you buy six of them, you'll get a chase. I can't really say that's true. I don't know if the distribution really works out that way, but they are advocating or advocating or advertising that it's a one in six uh, chance for a chase. So um, these are, again, little figurines that are kind of like Funko Pop things, but they're not Funko Pop things. They're just other Funko things. Uh, they're vinyl. I, this is probably not something I'm going to run out and pick up, I'll be honest, because I'm being a little bit more selective about which figurines I'm buying. There's just only so much space in the house. 
But uh, if you are like a Sofubi collector, if you're somebody's into vinyl toys uh, and you like that kind of stuff, then this may be a thing that you want to go and check out uh, before they sell out because I believe they are in fact limited. Okay. Um, outside of, of figures you could buy this week, let's talk about some attire stuff. Do you need some new clothing? Because if you do, there's some options out there for you this week. Uh, there's a new Ghostbusters sweatshirt that you can pick up. It's a hoodie uh, that's pullover. The, the place to get it is from Five Below, the discount store uh, that is well known for selling like items that don't cost more than $5, except for this sweatshirt, which costs $10, which is still a crazy low price for a, a, a hoodie. I don't know what its quality is for $10, but it's out there. Uh, it's not available online from them right now there. If you look around for it on Google, you can probably find a link to try and buy it online, but it will come as sold out, but it has turned up in stores, uh, you know, where you can actually find it. Ghostbusters news covered this and pointed out that it had showed up, I believe in a Phoenix, uh, location in Arizona. So if you want to try and track this down, you can try and do that by going into a store. It's a black pullover hoodie that has the traditional Ghostbusters masthead logo on the front of it. And then the back. It has like a mock advertisement for quote unquote supernatural pest elimination services. It features Egon, Ray, and Peter. It does not include Winston, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but you can still pick one up and probably enjoy wearing it despite the fact that it doesn't have anywhere near enough Ernie Hudson on it. But if you need something that does have Ernie Hudson on it, Old Navy has you covered. Uh, but you can get a t-shirt at Old Navy as opposed to a hoodie. And in like crazily, an adult size is up to 4X. So for those of you out there who may be uh, bigger folks, if you're looking for t-shirts and you're like, usually like, I can't find Ghostbusters t-shirts in my size, Old Navy may have your back. Uh, for the low, low cost of $19.99, you can pick up their new t-shirt that features black and white photo images of the four OG Ghostbusters on the roof of Spook Central. It also includes like thumbnail images of the librarian ghost, Slimer, and Stay Puffed, and has red accents for the Ghostbusters logo, as well as the phrase, ready to believe you in script. I'm totally buying one of these. I'm just going to tell you that now it's like in the cart for old Navy right now. And if you're listening to the podcast today, as it comes out, if you use code hurry, I don't make any money at all, but you get 30% off. Um, so you can, you can actually, um, it looks like in most markets buy this online and have it shipped to store or have it picked up from store to save you some money on shipping. Um, so it's a 1999 shirt, but if you use the hurry code, then it's like $6 off. So then it's like 1399. And then if you just pick it up in store, as opposed to having it shipped to you, you can get a nice new Ghostbusters shirt for less than 15 bucks. So, um, and then you can put it on like that day. You don't have to wait for anybody to ship it to you. It's totally crazy. Remember when we went to stores and actually bought things? It's wild, right? Uh, so those are two options for you out there. If you need to pick up some new Ghostbusters shirt items, uh, whether it's a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, again, I'm totally getting that old Navy shirt because I'm pretty sure I have like store credit from old Navy because I did a whole bunch of shopping there. Um, to go back to school. I bought a lot of jeans and stuff, so definitely going to make use of that. In a, a little segment of like news we don't get to talk about the whole season, Halloween merch news, uh, the Trick or Treat Studio signs that we talked about last episode are now available for sale on the website. If you weren't around for the last episode and don't remember what these are, Trick or Treat Studios has a license to produce a series of Halloween-themed items, uh, and they're known for making like, you know, sort of replica prop things and figurines. But in this case, what they have offered so far are two metal signs. Uh, they look like no parking signs, essentially, but one is a Ghostbusters parking only sign and the other restricts access to Spook Central and explains different restrictions for not going inside, etc. 
You can get each of these for $19.99 at trickortreatstudios.com. We did talk about them previously. I have told you that you can go check them out there as a preview, but that they were out of stock. Uh, they are now in stock. So if you want to pick them up before Halloween, now's probably the time to do that, given that you are, oh, you know, merely about six weeks before you would want that uh, in front of your house. So these are things that I'm definitely interested in because I have a Halloween sort of setup that goes at my house. Every year, we usually project ghosts in the windows, although I'm not sure that's going to happen this year because we have new lighting <laughs> that has been installed across the street at a park that's shining directly in our windows. Uh, but I definitely know that I need new signs, and so I'm totally stoked about these. Um, I'm going to be checking them out for sure. Another Halloween item you've heard us talk about in recent weeks uh, is the Halloween costumes or fun.com, or as I love to call them, fun costumes, Stay Puffed Candy Bowl Holder. Uh, if you've not seen this thing already, it's like about two feet tall and is about, you know, 21 inches. So it's a little shorter than two feet. It's a plastic candy bowl and holder. I believe it's hollow around the back of it. Um, so it's something where it's not going to be a figurine all the way around. It's designed to go against the wall and be hollow. But it has um, it's essentially a little figurine of Stay Puff that's holding a plastic bowl for you to put candy in. And then your trick-or-treaters can come along and take that candy out. Unless like one terrible trick-or-treater comes along and takes all of it. But that's the kid who you terrify as he runs off your lawn. Um, wait, I'd have never done that. What are you talking about? Anyway, um, so this is a clear this this has a clear plastic candy bowl with holes on each side uh, that's set on top of Stay Puff's thumbs. And essentially it's, you know, an inert prop that looks really fun. I want this thing because I want to put keys in it. I just want to put it in my house, and then when I need to like come home and put my keys in a bowl, I got a bowl for that, but it's stay puffed. So I really want one of these and I've ridiculously been talking about this with Jason Fitzsimmons for like since they previewed it months ago when we have both been keeping you know mutual tabs on when this thing would be released because we just thought he was so cute and we needed this little guy. So I imagine that somehow this will end up at my house by the end of the Halloween season, even if I probably shouldn't keep spending money on figurines uh, and <laughs> candy bowl things because there's only so much space. And the last piece of Ghostbusters Halloween merch news I want to talk about for a moment is actually something that Ghostbusters News reported uh, in the last week of August, like right after we had the last episode. And essentially, Jason reported that the Circle City Ghostbusters had turned up a new Stay Puft plush porch greeter uh, at Walmart. And to be fair, it is new in the sense that it has new facial expressions. He has like the scary, angry smile on this time. And the pumpkin he's holding has a different expression than in previous years it was released. But it's otherwise the same pattern that was released in 2021 and 2022. Uh, it's a 21-inch tall, which seems to be the thing. If you're a candy bowl or if you're a plush, if you're a greeter, then you're 21 inches. I don't know, but I digress. Um, and, but, and it's plush. Uh, it probably has metal rods or some sort of hard rods in its legs to hold it up because I know the older one does. But I gotta say this for real. At 1997, like that's the cost on this. It's a steal. All of the other uh, greeters that are this size are like 30, 40 dollars. And I really honestly think that I probably paid like 25 to 30 dollars for the one that I bought in like 2020. Um, at 19 dollars and 97 cents, it's a crazy good deal for a two foot tall plush day puff that displays well. Uh, if you want to find this thing, you can try and hunt it down in your local Walmart, but they may only have a couple of them. But it's now online. So if you go to Walmart and type in Stay Puffed Greeter in the search bar, he should be the first thing that comes up. 
and he's available to ship to you, like even if he's not in a store near you. So, I mean, I can't stress this enough. And I think at Walmart, usually if you spend like $35 or more, then you get free shipping. So find a friend in your franchise, buy two of these things, have them ship to one house. You'll be so happy for you getting like a two foot tape up for less than 20 bucks. Um, I, I really recommend this thing. I have one. It gets displayed every Halloween, um, you know, somewhere in the house, if not outside, because I don't really want to get him dirty because he's plush. But um, I, it's really for 20 bucks. It's a really good deal. Um, I can't keep I can't stop saying it. I don't make any money on this. You all know this. I don't have like promo code extraplasm. Go to Walmart. They don't care. Um, but you should still go get a cheap plush because it's a good deal. Let's talk about figures and figurines for a few moments. Um, first, we're going to talk about that in terms of. Uh, you know, merchandise that has been actually licensed and approved and PCS studios has made some very significant revisions to the high end figurines that they're putting out uh, in the next year. You can see the exclusive photos that they have provided to ghostbustersnews.com by heading over there because Jason got some exclusive peeks at what they've done to make some modifications to the sculpt since the last time we saw them. If you recall these, uh, these are these sculpts that I was kind of saying about Ray Stance looks more like Roy Stance, not Ray Stance, uh, because the sculpts were a little off for the price point that they were charging for these, especially uh, they were, you know, shooting to make not necessarily iconic versions of Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, but recognizable versions of the characters themselves. And if you trying to figure out what I mean by that, think about how the Plasma series figures that came out from Hasbro don't actually have the likenesses of those actors, but do have the likenesses of the characters. So they were trying to do the same kind of thing. And they had kind of shot a little wide of the margin on this, that they were, the figurines didn't necessarily look all that much like the characters, especially uh, Ray. And so I have to give them credit that they took feedback from people after seeing the previews and went back to the, you know, CAD studio on in their computers and said, how do we retool these? in a way that's going to make them look better. And they totally do. I really love the new look on the Egon figurine because he's essentially got the stunned expression during the nice shooting text scene. And I don't think we've ever seen that like as a figurine or sculpted in any form. So it's really kind of fun. And I really got to hand it to PCS for retooling what was otherwise really not a great likeness of Ray stance. Um, you know, he, he really looked like a guy who, was on a football team who just happened to put on a Ghostbusters uniform <laughs> just didn't look like a character that you knew. So there's three different options that are out there. These are not cheap. They are, you know, $600 and up for what they are. And I believe that the silver edition comes with a Neutrona wand a beam that you can attach to the Neutrona wand of the figure, as well as a Slimer that is limited for each of the figures. So each of the figures is going to have a different Slimer figurine that comes out with it with a different expression on his face, uh, but that's only for the highest end uh, silver edition of the figures, which I believe are fairly limited. It's maybe only 150 a piece. There's more of the other two uh, that are going to come out at different price points, but if you really want the best versions of these that are the most complete, you're probably going to want to pre-order those ASAP. Uh, the pre-order for Egon is live now already. If you're listening to the podcast fresh, then you may want to know that the Ray pre-order will go live on the 14th. So two days after the podcast comes out, the, there is some introductory pricing over there. Like if you order now, then you get uh, a discount because you're sort of getting the pre-order as they're putting them live. So you may want to do that. If this is something in your wheelhouse 
uh, and in your price range. I know it's definitely not in my price range as much as I would love to have these in my house. Um, but I don't have a wheelhouse cause I don't have a boat. That's a fun expression though, right? Um, <laughs> so let's talk about one other item before we, uh, talk about some fan produced things that I definitely want to remind you of. The other big news this week that we need to talk about is video game news, because while we were away, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed was not. Um, Ilphonic did a few things uh, since the last episode, the first of which was they uh, turned the Halloween switch on, apparently, on the servers, because everyone's firehouse has been restored to the Halloween decor that they had when the game was pretty fresh in October of last year. And it's interesting to think about this, that Spirits Unleashed is basically about a year old. Uh, it will celebrate its year birthday next month. Uh, so they have turned back on the Halloween decor. If you go into the firehouse in Ghostbuster Spirits Unleashed, you'll find there's skeletons and different pumpkin decor all over the place, which is cute. They have not turned back on the limited uh, Halloween costumes that they gave out last time where you could go and go online and, um, you know, go customize your character to have him wearing a Frankenstein mask or whatever. That's not something available. Maybe we'll see that. Not really sure if it's going to be a thing. Nobody's really talked about it. What people are certainly talking about is that it's not just Halloween decor that's coming for Halloween. It's also Sam Hain. Uh, they are expanding the story over at Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. The previous story, if you've played this game or if you haven't, here's a way to know about it, uh, was that there was a ghost that had no name. It was literally called Nameless and it possessed Winston in the uh, game. And so your story was unfolding. You would go and you would work missions, and then you'd come back and have to do some interactive stuff in the story and progress it such that you help to save Winston from the ghosts and trap him and, uh, and then keep him inside the firehouse in a containment system. So that's kind of the backstory of the original game or the, the plot of the original game. Now they're going to expand on that by adding in more episodic content um, and this is awesome from my standpoint, from the beginning, I've said that what this game needs more than just, Hey, can we give you a new downloadable content with a new ghost at a new level is story. Like that is what makes this an attractive thing to play beyond just any other asymmetric shooter, um, that you could be playing. So I'm really stoked about this, that you can go and check out, um, a really great Twitch stream that happened over, uh, the last week. On the Ilphonic Twitch account, which is twitch.tv slash you will find that there is an hour and 13 minute long special guest stream featuring Ryan C. Levy, who's going to be playing Sam Hain or already recorded that performance uh, for the game. And I thought it was interesting. I look, if you don't have time to sit down and listen to an hour and 13 minutes or watch people play this game for an hour and 13 minutes while they talk with a, the performer, uh, you can go and check out get Jason's coverage of this on Ghostbusters news because he has a good synopsis of this on the front page. Um, and essentially what they talked about was the idea that he went back and looked at the original Samhain performances to figure out, should he be replicating that? And then they decided to make the performance way more wet. Um, he talks about having a lot of saliva in his mouth and the game devs talking on the stream with him talk about the idea that their conceptualization of Samhain is that the pumpkin in his head is like, uh, rotten was produced, you know, his head was carved two weeks ago and now it's like two weeks after Halloween, which to me is kind of a funny concept that I'm really interested to see, uh, what the kind of physics of the ghost are going to be given the way they're describing him, the art design, etc. But again, I'm also stoked that they have gone out and found, found, you know, a, a well-known actor to sit down and record lines and produce a story 
uh, around this. Now, whether that means we're going to see new lines and new content from the principal actors, like I don't know that we're going to get more Dan Aykroyd content or Ernie Hudson content, quite frankly. I think that it's probably more likely that the voice actors who interact with Sam Hain may be the other folks in the game. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? You know, I, I wouldn't pass them to maybe get Uncle Dan to come down and do a recording session for this. But nobody's really talking about that. They're just kind of talking about uh, Ryan Levy. So I'm I think that this is really cool. I'm excited that there's going to be more content for the game. Um, I do still want them to fix some patches uh, and things. I know last time we talked about this, I was upset about traps. Um, I still am. It's OK, but hopefully the DLC will also fix the trap glitch that's happening. Um, but, you know, it's really cool to see that they're putting this out. And the biggest thing, the most important thing about it that I think is very amazing is that it's free. There's nothing you have to pay. It's not a downloadable content that you're going to pay for uh, in order to advance and build upon your story. Rather, it's totally available to you 100% for free coming sometime next month. Uh, and it may or may not coincide with the release of the um, the version coming for Nintendo Switch. I've heard that as a rumor, but I don't really know that I've seen that confirmed anywhere. Um, I'm not sure about that. So if you're a Twitch, or if you're rather um, a Switch person, if you're a Switch person, then be a Twitch person and go over to Twitch and find out what they said about the Switch. Um, that was annoying, right? Uh, but for real, I don't know if that game is going to be released in October for uh, Switch as well. But if I find out, I'll definitely come back and let you all know next week. OK, so um, that covers the video game stuff. Let's talk about fan merch stuff for a few moments. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you about in fan merch world is that um, Tony Taylor, of course, is on the show this week. And you're going to hear a little bit more about these things while he's on the show. But I thought it was kind of amusing that I was taking the week off and Tony and Brendan were not because um, they proceeded to announce in the week off that they have three new items available for pre-order and that you can go grab over at phantasmantoys.com right now. Uh, one of them is Strutton Moogs, which you'll definitely hear us talk about on this episode. And if you haven't seen this thing already because I've been posting it to Instagram, Strutton Moogs is essentially the version of the Moogly ghost that is walking down the street at the beginning of every episode of Real Ghostbusters. It's one of the funniest things I think that they have made. Um, and I really love it. I think it's great. So that's something that's available for pre-order now. In the process of making Strutton Moogs, they also made Mini Moogs, which is a smaller version of him in a different pose and that is glow in the dark. So you can not only get like a class 10, you know, six inch size Strutton Moogs, you can also get a Mini Moogs to go alongside him. And they also have their latest set of fan plasms, which are the mini ghosts that are inspired by the original ectoplasm ghosts that were in the cans of Kenner slime. Uh, you can pick those up or take a look at them over at phantasmtoys.com. Now, as Tony talks about in this episode, they'll probably be available for the next couple of weeks for pre-order, and then they're going to likely be a one and done, I imagine. But we'll see. Um, and the other big piece of fan merchandise I want you to know about, especially because I've now seen it and I want to say thank you for it. Uh, is Kip Marshall's Ultimate 84 Project. You began hearing me talk about Kip Marshall's Ultimate 84 Project a few episodes ago in passing. Um, you know, Justin West was on the show and he mentioned it. And then the guys from Ecto-1 and J uh, were on the previous episode uh, and Ecto-Tech was on. And, and they all were talking about this Ultimate 84 Project involving decals for the Ecto-1. Um, and it's something I had seen. And in all honesty, at first, I was like, ah, it seems like they're big stickers. And it, after looking at what it was, I recognized that this was Kip's attempt to sort of make a historic record, almost like a, 
a version of the Ghostbusters logos that were idealized and that essentially recreated all of the individual differences between the passenger side door, the driver's side door and the rear uh, ambulance door or hearse door um, for the, you know, the back door to open up the bay um, in the original Ecto-1. So this is like the 1984 version of the car before it gets any restoration exactly as those logos appeared on screen in the original film. And um, Kip was generous enough to send me a set of these. He was just like, you don't have to do anything with them. You don't have to like review them. And I'll probably put out some photos and some video of it because they're really neat. Um, but he was just like, here, I want you to take a look at them so you can understand and see what they are and sent me a copy of these. And they are gorgeous. I, I can't stress this enough that like the inkjet versions of these that are, you know, he's got out there. Um, for I believe 129, um, you get three decals. So it's not like, oh, I get one for each door. I might, no, you get three decals, one for each door of an Ecto one. Um, and you get a set of care instructions and things that come with them. They're so well made, like in terms of the quality of the printing on these, that they're just phenomenal. And each of the logos like recreates the individual differences because remember the original logos were hand cut. So that means that every logo is like pieces of hand cut vinyl that were sort of layered or put together and they all have some individual differences. Even looking at mine, I went, oh my God, I never realized there was white lines around sections of the you know logo um, in one version, but not the other or the thickness of those white lines was different. And to me, this is just a really cool way to kind of have a history project. I, I don't not going to put these on a car and I know it because to me, these are kind of like an art piece that I want to do something with and be like, here is, you know, a reference image to be able to use um, whenever you're going to look at the Ecto-1, etc. Um, and then alongside that, he also was really generous enough to send one of his test prints of the screen printed version of these, um, which there are only going to be 40 sets of those that are going to be, uh, you know, for Ecto drivers, you know, folks who have Cadillacs is sort of his goal for them to be sort of the hero logos. And these are like literally like the other ones are die cut and they're replicating the hand cuts and differences. But Kip is literally hand cutting each of these logos to replicate what existed in 1984. And like I'm I'm very like grateful to have received one of these because they're so damn nice. Um, without question, I'm going to take that one and frame it like I, I want to frame it and put it on some sort of backing because it is such a cool recreation. And I've never seen like an Ecto one that pops or logo that pops the same way a Ghostbusters logo with a red that pops in the same way as this does, because it's probably other than looking at it on the car. Um, and even the one I probably saw at Sony wasn't the same because it wasn't, you know, the original logo production process. So these are really, really cool. Um, if you just want to get one of these in inkjet printed, cause you want to be like, I have one of the cool, like idealized versions of these logos. You can pick up one, um, as a single inkjet printed version for $45 but if you want to get one of the three packs for 129, you can pick up a three pack of, you know, the digital inkjet version. And for 229, that's where you're going to find the hand printed decals that are like the most realistic recreation of the logos you could you're probably ever going to get to be real. I don't know who else is going to take the time to be like, I am so passionate about, uh, you know, replicating a logo down to its flaws that I'm going to dedicate hand screen printing to that. That's probably something that Kip is going to do and not many more people are going to do. Uh, so check those out at ultimate 84.com. And again, I want to say thank you to Kip for sending over a set of those. 
uh, for me to take a look at because they were really special and I really hope people pick them up. The final thing I want to talk to you about real quick at the end of this uh, little headline segment is that if you're looking for places to watch Ghostbusters for the Halloween season, you're probably not without, um, you know, any access to that already. But for some reason, if you needed to find it somewhere else other than in your house, or if you missed out on ways of getting it in the past, you might want to know that the um, 35th anniversary edition uh, steelbook set that was released in 2019 is actually back up for pre-order on Amazon as well as at Target. Uh, you can go and grab it from there. It is a reproduction copy, so it does have a different UPC on it, and I'm not sure if it's going to say reproduction, but it is a second run, essentially, of that steelbook set that you can pick up if you missed out on it when it was coming, when it came out, uh, rather, years ago. And if nothing else, if you need places to watch Ghostbusters, apparently it's going to be on Peacock, um, Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2. I'm kind of eager to see whether or not they're going to air the uh, actual film version or they're going to put the TV version out because I'll, I'll be honest, I really enjoy watching the television version of Ghostbusters, the clean version, because it's just kind of fun to listen to Venkman say things like knockabout of pure fun. Um, and one other thing that sounds kind of cool is if you're looking for an alternative to the usual lineup from AMC or Peacock, your Halloween entertainment, all month long in October, uh, sorry, October, TV station Real 86 is going to be playing a curated collection of horror films to celebrate a year since those annoying, what the, what is this? Wait a second, I didn't write this. This says it's from 1993? That can't make sense. How could something from 1993 even be something that we were talking about on the internet? I, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know how this got added to my stuff, so let's just kind of move on. Uh, you know what, folks? I, I think that's a good point for us to wrap up headlines. So um, let's go ahead and talk now with Tony Taylor of Phantasm Toys, an awesome person, a great friend of the show, and probably the person who's going to have the most robes uh, from Extraplasm by the time he's done. Joining me on Extra Plasm Podcast for yet another ride around the podcast sun, probably earning more robes than anybody else. Good friend of the show, awesome, great person, toy maker extraordinaire, Tony Taylor of Phantasm Toys. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing great, Jim. I am 100% ready for that robe right now. I'm a little chilly. There's a, it's a little cold down in my basement and I could use something to throw on and... <laughs> I was gonna say you have to be somewhere cold like your basement because everybody else seems like is in a giant hellhole of heat wave for the last few weeks. Where it doesn't matter where you live, but your house is melting. Or you could be in Texas, you could be in Maine. I don't know. It just seems like everyone well, everywhere is hot. So we were um, also hot here in Ohio too. So yeah, yeah. Well, you also had a hot visit from someone who was going to be joining us for this podcast, but is not um, able to be on the podcast due to being on the disabled list or the illness list because Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, your partner in crime from Phantasm Toys is actually, I believe, in the building with you, if that's correct. Correct. He is in the building. He is extremely, extremely jet lagged and traveling. It kind of took it out of him and he was going to try and be on here with me. But unfortunately, he's having a hard time putting words together and his brain is a big bowl of mashed potatoes right now from traveling <laughs> from the other side of the world. And so unfortunately you're stuck with just me, but yes, my partner in crime is, is uh, currently upstairs resting and getting better till he can finally enjoy and see America for the first time. 
Well, one, I, well, nobody's stuck with you as just you because that's like <laughs> it's good that you're here. Um, two, I bring this up because I we we did I get to say I did get to say hi to Brendan off air like before we started recording. So even though everybody else on the podcast listenership won't hear Brendan this week, I did get to confirm that he is in fact in your house. And the fun part of that for me is like, I'm going to say this, like, this is fun. Brendan, when you hear this, like, we're sorry that you're not here. And I'm like, was excited to talk with you and like be on and be yes, get well. Like, I know you're not feeling well, but the last time that you both were on together was the first Mm -hmm. time you had seen each other on a webcam. And then today you're, (laughs) we're supposed to be on together and you're actually in the same house together, which is just like, I'm like, I, if if you keep coming on the podcast, especially if you try to come together, like you may end up, like you may move in permanently. Like <laughs> that may be a thing. Like maybe you'll start a sitcom. That's like kind of like the odd couple where like he's like the Australian one. And, yeah. Or like that. Yeah. And he'll be like, it'll be all, he'll have weird Australian mannerisms and like, you'll have weird, like do you, like we were talking before about, you know, you introduced him to the concept of cornhole and that was entirely <laughs> new for him. Like that. He could introduced be a thing. me. I am I am on the podcast this time as a completely different person because this time I am on the podcast after having eaten Vegemite. And <laughs> let me tell you, it is definitely an acquired taste. You can't I can't even describe the flavor because it's a completely new, crazy something that looks like it leaked out of your car type of spread. <laughs> if, if I look like I'm grinning too hard right now on the webcam feed to you, it's because I might've known that was going to happen to you. <laughs> it is I did definitely talk to Brendan. Experience. I said, you should bring Tony some Vegemite. And he was like, Oh, I already got some. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> it's like, he's got to have the experience. It is, and it is exactly that. It is a life changing experience. <laughs> <laughs> you are now forever a changed person post Vegemite, but you have all this opportunity. Like while he's here, that once he's feeling better, you know, you could take him for enormous American sized meals. And I think, oh, yeah. I think you've agreed already that you're going to take him to an Outback Steakhouse so he can get the yep. real American I'm taking version him of to Australia. Outback. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to Outback Steakhouse and we're going to have ourselves some blooming onions and I'm going to get to see what an actual Australian thinks of what Outback Steakhouse I'm is. I'm telling all about. you like this this is podcast comment like podcast content. Like you have to bring a mobile recorder with you and just <laughs> review yeah, everything. Really wish, let him sit down I and really like, let me tell you about okay. what's wrong with all of this, you know. So. <laughs> we might do that. I might just go ahead and set up the phone and just record the entire experience. <laughs> <laughs> I would, if it was, if I was going to go do this with him, I would say, this is how we should go do it. That, that could be like a, a thing. We just bring in international Ghostbusters fans into the U S for like hanging out. But then there's a bonus episode of just, Oh, we're going to go take you to like the tilted kilt eatery because you're from Scotland. <laughs> like, and <laughs> See what you think of this nonsense, this hyper real um, simulation of, whatever your culture is according to uh, a brand manager who sells or buys in bulk frozen food and sends it out via truck yeah um that's how chain restaurants work everybody right so anyway sure we didn't come to talk about chain restaurants though we came to talk about ghostbusters as usual and um we're going to talk about you know your latest toy release because their your latest toy release is just one of the most fun things you've put out without question um and we're talking a bit about well, thanks, moogs which we'll talk about in a little bit <laughs> Uh, and I want to just kind of talk to you a bit about what you feel about toy fair as somebody who makes toys and who gets excited about them because you know, toy fair is coming at the end of the month. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, and even though it's not the stuff we were going to talk about with Brendan, but um, did he bring you Tim Tams? Because he said he was going to bring yes. us too. I also brought Tim Tams, which completely make up for the Vegemite experience. Uh, <laughs> Tim Tams are amazing. <laughs> if anybody ever gets their chance to grab a grab a package of Tim Tam biscuits, I highly recommend it. They are amazing. But if uh, the Vegemite, just uh, just be prepared. I love that I got to like hear, like talk to him while he was packing up these items to bring them to you. And now I've like seen them arrive. I feel like I was part of this in some way. I wasn't at all, but you're um, always a part of things, Jim. I'm vicariously (laughs) experiencing someone else traveling really far and being jet lagged. So you could eat weird uh, spreads and delicious biscuits, but not together. Hopefully so (laughs) actually, yeah, they were kind of in tandem. So the one, the the Tim Tams took the Vegemite flavor out of my mouth. So (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Well, at least you were rescued. Um, you know, you had, had a delicious biscuit rescue from your terrible experience or uh, not terrible. It was just an experience. It was just, you know, you can call it terrible if you want. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) <laughs> all right but it's been great Fine. having him here and, and there's a lot of things that we've made in the past that uh he hasn't even seen in person he's been a big part of the design and the ideas and everything that's gone into the figure but he's never actually <laughs> held it in his hands before so the other like yesterday when he first arrives one of the first things he wanted to do was check out the stuff we've made and he hasn't been able to see yet. So him it's just so crazy seeing him me. actually holding it in his hands is it's been awesome. Like, it's so crazy to me how much, how many of the things he's designed, but because you've been so far apart that he's never actually had the stuff in his hands. And like, I know he's got a giant <laughs> pile of stuff at your house. And I was just thinking about this, as you said this, that like, we've talked about this, he's talked about it. You've talked about it, that like he finally got to see his Haslab proton pack. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> because shipping is so expensive when they were available, they getting one to Australia was kind of crazy. So, yeah, I've been I've been sitting on his completely 100%. I swear to you unopened, untouched Haslab yeah. proton packs I've been storing for him and he finally Look, got to I would meet his Haslabs. <laughs> if this much awesome happened to me within 24 hours of landing from like a 14-hour flight with then yeah, a change over to another 4-hour flight I probably also would be nauseous um, because of just the oh, awesomeness yeah. of all those things happening. So I maybe Brendan is just excitement sick. I don't know. I'm kidding. I know he's really sick. <laughs> I think it's, I hope he feels better, it's jet but. lag and it's a lot of things. It's a little overwhelming and I don't blame him either. He needs to get better so we can actually get down and actually do some fun things that aren't in my basement. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, um, although you do have a containment unit in your basement, so kind of yeah hard to not true. have fun in your basement you could, <laughs> you could really have a lot of fun in your basement to be fair like you got there's a, a lot table, of things you, you can do with the unit, containment unit let me tell you 3d printers you could mm-hmm. you, know, you could invent new weapons print them and then use them to have weird downstairs basement toy fights you know not that i'm giving you any ideas but that would be weird though if you had like a, a, a overnight like weekend event it was like night one is design night two is fab night three we fight <laughs> that sounds like a good show that yeah. could be a show that's mine let's, let's, let's Anybody get together who just and pitch that, it to discovery yeah that's mine <laughs> no one else we're gonna get adam savage involved he's gonna be like the judge and the host yes he's like you're gonna see him soon bring him this <laughs> yes that is that is one thing on our agenda he's going to be in cincinnati at the 
Cincinnati Comic Expo. And we've got tickets. Well, we got more than just tickets, but we got our photo op booked with him. And we are definitely going to meet Adam Savage here in uh, like a week and a half or so. Well, yeah, let's talk about that for fun. a minute since it just kind of came up. So like, what are you going to yeah. be doing at, you know, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Comic Expo? Cincinnati Comic Expo is coming up. I believe it is September. I want to say September 22nd. I think it starts in Cincinnati, Ohio. And we actually have ourselves uh, a booth reserved. And uh, it's going to be our first real convention on our, by, by ourselves as Phantasm Toys. We're going to be there set up. We're going to have been working hard on having a bunch of fun stuff available there. And we're going to also have a bunch of the classic Baducci Studios prints for sale that uh, we're going to have. And we're going to be there for the full three days and just waiting on our uh, actual booth number to come in, which should be very soon. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be our first convention solo as Phantasm Toys. That's awesome. And so that you're going to be able to uh, actually interface with folks and stuff. And I know that like in the past, you've had the opportunity to kind of be at um, other cons, like as a guest of other folks, like, but in this yeah, context, we did. like you get yeah, to go and New York have Comic your own Con. show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to so, be fun. Well, I think that's great that you guys are going to have an opportunity to get out there and, uh, you know, kind of show off what you do uh, in a bigger venue than and in your own space to do it for a little while for a few days. And you have three days so you can each invent an object produce the object on site and then fight uh, in, a, in a convention environment. That's Yeah. That's, that's what we're excited about being able to be not just like a thing on the internet and being able to engage with people and have a lot of stuff to show off. And yeah, it's going to be, uh, hopefully it's going to be a real good time. I mean, I, I don't, can't imagine it's not going to be like, there's some pretty good guests going to that con. Like I, I said yeah. this to you that I was like, I wonder if I could go to that because it would be fun to come out and see you all. And then I was like, oh, man, John Delancey's going to be at that. He's cute. For Star Trek. <laughs> I could be cute. Yeah, for there's Star a Trek. lot of big names. There's a yeah. lot of big names that are going to be there. Christina Ricci was going to be there, but unfortunately, she backed out. We were really looking forward to potentially getting my Casper VHS signed by her. That was what that was a plan. But fortunately, she's not going to be there. But yeah, we, we're going to have fun. It's going to be we'll have a. We'll have a lot of stuff to show off. I think we're going to be bringing back some past releases to have available on hand while we're at the convention. So there'll be nice. some, there'll be some tear tubs. There'll be some library ladies. There'll be some, uh, what else? I make? I got some, we're going to have some slime balls and some, some past creepers and stuff we're bringing back to have on display. Plus a couple other surprises. So yeah, we're really looking nice. forward to it. We've been working yeah, hard. No, I think that's great. Um, I also am very intrigued by the idea that you were, thinking that you would meet Christina Ricci and that the thing you would have signed was a Casper item. <laughs> Tell me Casper's- more about this. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm like, this is most people have been like, I have an Adams family. This is totally derailed, totally unplanned. Like people are like, did you guys plan to talk about Christina Ricci and Casper? No, of course not. This just <laughs> is, I have to know this because for me, I'm like, if you're going to meet her and you were going to take something from like that era, I would go, Oh, you got to bring the Wednesday Adams item. But, Oh, I just got dark in here. Um, Whoa. But for spooky. you, it, it did like the lights just went off in here and got spooky uh, for that must be because of what we're talking about. But uh, for you, that's a Casper item. Tell me more about this. Why? Because Dan Aykroyd's in it as a Ghostbuster. <laughs> that's why. Dude, is there any other reason? <laughs> so for you, that's what I wanted to get. At, is, are, are you a person that who in that moment, are you going there and are you collecting and getting an autograph? 
for a general autograph collection that includes Christina Ricci, or is this part of your Ghostbusters autograph collection that somehow is like, you were in a movie that tangentially had a Ghostbuster in it. That's <laughs> the exact word I was thinking I of. And this, therefore, this autograph. Yes. The second thing. <laughs> it will be displayed proudly amongst my Ghostbuster items. But honestly, I, I'm, I love that movie. I really do. I think, I think the ghost designs in it are super fun. And yeah, I mean, the fact that Dan Aykroyd's in it with a mustache and a proton and a pack. Proton and pack. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that that's just an added bonus. I really am a huge fan of that movie. But a, a big reason why we're going or another thing that we're excited is Adam Savage, too. He is a he really is a big inspiration with the way he does his own workshop and his cave and all the stuff that he does by himself is a huge inspiration, at least just to me personally with the way he does things and help me kind of start doing what I'm doing. And it's going to be excited, uh, exciting to meet him personally for the first time, hopefully, and might have a gift for him too. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I, I will say I also enjoy Casper. Um, it was a movie that I had, can remember really having an affinity for when it came out. I did watch it more recently. And I was like, I don't know if this movie holds up. I was just like, this this movie has some some strange moments in it that really make me uncomfortable about how <laughs> this this the characters interacted with each other in this movie. It's very odd at points. But all, all I, the best movies have those moments eventually. But the ghost, well, <laughs> hey, even Venkman has to carry Thorazine apparently. Uh, but yep. I um I do <laughs> I think you're right. The ghost designs in that movie are really fun. There's like some yeah, really they're great, super like, fun. They, they look cool. They still look all right. The, I think yeah, the special I, effects still hold up pretty much. There was that movie that came out. Um, we have a ghost. It was on Netflix a while back. Yeah, I know I what you're talking about. about. Yeah, yeah. That to me reminded me of like an updated kind of Casper. Like it's he's a friendly <laughs> ghost who lives in the house with them, and they're trying to figure out how to get him to move on and do it and scare other people away, kind of thing. And I was like, this has very deep, like, kind of Casper <laughs> reboot vibes to it that I I thought was okay. I was like, I'm not, I'm not angry at it for that it kind of takes that story and updates it in a cute way. So if you've never seen that, by the way, folks, you've never seen, we have a ghost. Totally check that out. If you've never seen Casper. There's something really wrong with you. Cause you listen to this podcast and that means you're required to have seen every utterance of an official like screen authorized proton pack ever. <laughs> and if you don't know that Dan Aykroyd was in Casper, that he was playing race dance, then you you're fired. You need to go. Greatest go cameo in film history. I'm not sure I agree with that sentiment, <laughs> but it is fun. It's one of my personal favorites. Who are you going to call? Adam- somebody else. Somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I do think it's cool though that you may also meet Adam Savage. And I hope you get to have like a moment of kind of exchanging a gift with him because I think he's inspired a lot of people. And I think that what's interesting about him is how much he geeks out about Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah. Like you, like yeah. you can watch his videos all the time and he talks about different stuff every week. He's always fascinating and like has lots to say on different stuff. But when you see him talk about Ghostbusters, he becomes like one of us. He like mm-hmm. lights up like a Christmas tree <laughs> and gets very like, oh my God, that's so cool. And one of my favorite videos of his is the one they did about the the field of traps. When they yes. did the like, hey, yes. here's how we're setting up this field of 198 traps in a matrix. And that's like the most detailed video we've ever seen of the trap field. So um, you should see, see what else you can find out from him about the, the, his, the trap his behind the scenes, <laughs> his afterlife behind the scenes stuff where he got to uh, visit the set and show off all yeah. that stuff. And the 
and Egon's truck, the the Shandor mine truck with the Ivan built and the field of traps, yep. like you said, and Egon's farmhouse. All his behind the scenes videos are amazing. So, but it's also Just funny because like, like he's done a Haslab customization video. Like how many people in the fandom have been like, here's how I customize my Haslab pack. I got the yellow nylon. I got this. And they make their little video of it. And then like over on tested Adam Savage was like, what should I do this week? I know I'll update my Haslab pack. <laughs> like just like Casper with the Christina Ricci thing and it just being, you know, an added bonus that it's got the Ghostbuster cameo with Adam Savage, I was already a fan, and it's just an added, yeah. a huge added bonus that he's also a big, huge Ghostbuster fan like us. So I'm excited yeah. to meet him. That's cool. I would, he's on my list of people who I would love to like just sit down and talk with 15 minutes of my life and just be like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're a very interesting human being. And I've, very. even though I'm not much <laughs> of a, a, a physical maker these days, like, you know, I'm certainly inspired and motivated by sort of the energy he brings towards creative process. Like, I don't have a workshop full of mold making, but. You know, I have a podcast that's different, but um, I have a lot of admiration for the stuff he's worked on and done. And uh, one time I actually got to go to a Discovery Shark Week. I just remembered that just out of nowhere. When I first moved to, <laughs> when I first moved here, like there was a Shark Week thing that happened uh, in Ventura where they like brought out a shark and like tried to blow it up or something on the beach. And I was like in the crowd of that. I just totally forgot about that until we just talked about it. Oh, so, were they trying to debunk some Jaws myths or whatever? Like testing yeah, for what sure. would happen if you actually put a... Myths. Oh, even more fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there was like a ginormous like fake shark on the beach and uh, Carrie and what is it? Grant Imahara was probably, was that the other person who was like part, part of the, yeah. the, the build team or whatever it was? Mm -hmm. They were all there, but. Yeah. Random things I just remembered that happened in my life, everyone. <laughs> That's why we come to Extra Plasm Podcast for the excess pieces of memories from my brain that I forget about until someone references something and then I I'm having a hard time. Database nonsense. I'm having a hard time remembering things. I think that Vegemite is like permanently adhered in my brain somewhere and is like blocking all my <laughs> No, it's it's because he brought you drop bear rabies uh from Australia and you're that's because he was fighting drop bears in australia drop you do know bears. about the drop bears don't you yes i know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's real though isn't it like it's a made-up myth the bears yes. are really dropping yeah. out of the <laughs> unless you ask him ask see what he tells you and you have you have a far better expert there to tell you whether or not drop bears are real but uh, my understanding of drop bears is that they're a, a vicious form of koala that drops from the trees <laughs> and, Apparently, even though koalas just eat eucalyptus all day and be lazy, um, there's a version of them that just drops from the trees and murders people and then climbs back up at the trees. So <laughs> you can decide whether that's real or fake. Um, <laughs> but hey, all I'm saying is that, like, maybe that's your next figure. Maybe just <laughs> drop bears. <laughs> we have a lot of ideas. There's a lot of stuff that we've because we knew that he was going to be coming for a short period of time. And uh so he wouldn't be able to be doing any sculpting or really be doing anything like that. So before he before he came over, we hashed out a lot of things and worked really, really hard on a lot of stuff. So we got a lot of stuff just about ready to go. We're excited about. Nice. So he just gets to come and hang out and experience America mm -hmm. and toilets that go in a different direction than his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still blown away by that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I went there, I imagine I'd be blown away by that. It's 
crazy to be like, oh, it's actual evidence of how your planet works. It's not you. Not every day <laughs> that you encounter that, like the new fundamental here, confirming facts about how your planet operates. Uh, it rotates <laughs> and it's on an axis and it does stuff depending upon the hemisphere you're in. Um, well, let's talk about what you have, um, what you got going on, because I want to talk about three. You have three things coming out, um, but one of them is without question my favorite. And you have this thing coming out called Strutton Moogs that you got pre-orders oh, yeah. open on right now. Um, and this is like your rendering of a real Ghostbusters ghost, like the, the, the ghost who opens up every episode of real the Ghostbusters. Ghost that version the of the intro. Yeah. It's burned into all of our brains. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, it was just, we've always kicked around the idea of, of doing a, just a straight up moogly inspired figure but just trying to capture the uh animated strut down a street is so hard to do because each frame is like almost an iconic you could pause it at any moment of the intro and he's got a different pose and expression and to try and nail that into one static piece was really really hard so it was something we went back and forth on a lot as far as the design goes to try and capture like a whole series of a ghost strutting his stuff down the street around trash cans and everything and getting it just right was uh it was a lot harder than you'd think yeah i would imagine <laughs> um because it's like it's an odd pose to catch like <laughs> yeah. i even think about just look if anybody's ever positioned an action figure trying to position an action figure in a pose that is like looks like it's walking and have it mm. look natural is difficult enough on its own like it's yeah, one of those it things that, you know, and so then to sculpt it and have it look natural, I think with a figure that doesn't actually have, um, I mean, he has arms, but I mean, like he doesn't have bone structure, you know, he's a big ghost. <laughs> so it's like, how, no. how do you articulate him? How do you design him? How do you decide what he's supposed to kind of, um, how he's supposed to work in terms of his musculature when he doesn't have any, it's like a stay puff problem, <laughs> you know? Yes. So Yeah. I think it's fun though. You guys came up with a really good pose for him and the sculpt is really awesome. I'm like, think it's really a great figure. Um, we really yeah. were, uh, when we were working on it, the whole time we were working on it originally, he was, uh, five points of articulation. We really were trying to stick with. So he would have his head be able to move both arms and then both legs. But like you were saying to nail a strut, a certain yeah. pose is like, I, we finally figured that 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 was more important than being able to say it has a certain articulation amount or anything like that. So we just really like concentrated on nailing just the pose. So the bottom half of him is stuck in the is stuck in the classic strutting down the street, legs going. He's got the the feet with the uh, the little pointy tips and the it, it's that was what we were aiming for. So as long as we could nail that pose, that was the big important right. part. But he still has a. His arms still move. His head can still turn tied to side to side. He's got his flowing little ghost ponytail, I guess you could call it, <laughs> of sorts. So, yeah, we, his eyes are closed. He's just loving life. Yeah, no, I think it's a great figure. <laughs> or but I think loving he made afterlife, right sorry. Yeah, no, that's definitely, you're right. He's not loving life anymore, but he did maybe at one point. But I think you do, I think you make a good point where it's like, you've got to make a choice between, um, you know, design aesthetics and functionality and in this case like it's a figure where if it if it's not doing the strut then it doesn't kind of fulfill the you know the, the look of it and yeah you know? we've 
as a, as a, I mean, a big collector of toys and especially Ghostbuster stuff myself, trying to put something in a certain pose that you remember from the movie or from a scene is kind of the way that I display my stuff personally. And to recreate that strut with him still having moving legs, just right. It was, it was not going to happen. This is a good point. Like I want to sort of talk about this for a few minutes. Cause like we can just talk about toy making stuff because we can, it's fun too. And like, Hey, it's your show. You know, we were going to talk about <laughs> other things, but Brendan's not here. So let's talk about this for a little bit. Um, I find that like I am as like a toy collector, I've become a lot more. Um, I, the word I want to use is I will say selective um, about mm-hmm. what I will and won't jump on at this point. And that one of the things that I've lost as like a, a necessity for me in some ways is articulation. Like mm-hmm. not that I want it gone and I want figurines that don't move, but I would prefer a figure that, looks good and that I feel like can represent the character well, but I don't like when I'll give you an example. I don't like the diamond select figures in the way in which they have that weird division in their chest. Yeah. So that, the, that way you can like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You get more, po- more, more posability out of them, but they don't look aesthetically right to me. And I've had so much more fun. Like with the last round of Hasbro figures, we got my plasma series afterlife figures are still on the box. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I took it out like one or two of them. I was like, Oh, okay. I like the plasma series figures I already have on display. And the stuff that came out and got like put out way more excitedly was the fright feature stuff that was like mm-hmm. way more simple in its design and had fewer points of articulation, but also just felt a lot more fun. Yeah. And I just wondered how you feel about this. Like I know, you know, somebody like, do you look at this at this point? Are you are are you becoming more of a form over function? Or function over form like what do you where do you strike that balance i guess is the question i'm getting at i i i'm right there with you i think a lot of the articulation can almost take away from everything because you get that you get the lines you get like the little ball joints you get the it just kind of takes away from the overall sculpt and feel sometimes when they try to put too much articulation into figures and if especially if it's something that has like like with the with the strut and moogs has those iconic things that stick out in your head to try and work articulation into that will just right. distract and kind of take away from it and we realize that i mean our stuff isn't really quote unquote toy it's not marketed towards a, a, right. a kid we understand i mean adult collectors are buying it and it's for display so it doesn't necessarily need to have all those toyetic articulation joints and points and stuff because it's not really going to be to play going to be played right. with well yep. i mean if you're going to that's awesome and i do it <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's it's going to be on display for 99 percent of the time it's right. owned by somebody so it's we really focus on how is this going to look on somebody's shelf how is this going to look put into somebody's collection is it going to blend in with it is it going to stick out like a sore thumb is it going to something on it going to be distracting if we do something so I, at least i do and I'm sure Brendan does too. When we're designing stuff, a lot of it is what would I want as a collector? If I was going to buy this, what would I want out of it? What would I do with it? How would I display it? How would I want it packaged as somebody who's going to go out and buy it and has who spent way too much money on goofy Ghostbusters things? <laughs> what would I do with it while it's in my house and actually on display? So yeah, the, a lot of the stuff is coming from experience. So we try to definitely think of the customer or the collector that's definitely forefront of our mind, especially when it comes to design and articulation and all that. Now, 
and it's not an easy thing for us hand making everything to pull off right. articulation. So right. it takes a lot of time and effort and each, each different piece and part adds a lot of time to the process. So we try to keep it as simple and display worthy as possible. I was thinking about this too. And like, not to be like, let's talk about me for a minute, but like, um, let's talk about Jim. <laughs> let's talk about things that I, <laughs> things I own, but I've had this sort of, um, kind of rethinking about the Mattel Maddie collector line recently. And mm-hmm. in part because I got the library lady and ended the up prototype, those yeah. prototypes and yeah. it, I've got to see how she would have been put together as a figure as a result of that. And mm-hmm. one of the things that intrigues me about the figure is that if you look at how she's sculpted, she would have never been able to have arms that like went too far. Like the design of her arm shape would have oh, run yeah. into her dress. And so mm-hmm. physically there would have been an impediment from the joint moving too significantly or too far. And so you look at the figure and you go, okay, this had to be a pack in ghost because of the limited range of movement, because all the other Mattel ghosts with the exception of maybe um, like the Zool figure didn't have, you know, she had legs that just came off. <laughs> that was yeah. the, the data. The data Barrett Swappable figure was legs. like it's sort of an action figure, but kind of more like you can, do magic tricks with her by cutting off the bottom half of her and replacing them with another half of her. Um, but <laughs> it's like goes with magician. Uh, but I think the figure, when you look at it, you know, it's got amazing detail to it, right? The like yeah, number of ruffles and things in the sculpt are crazy. And then you go back and you look at the Scolari brothers figures they did, right? And I started thinking about this at the later half of that line that the ghosts we got in the later half of the line had less functionality and movability in terms of posing, mm-hmm. but they were better representations of characters than some of the other ghosts we got earlier in the line. Like the Slimer sculpt is fine. It's okay. Right. Like it's kind of like the video game sculpt and it's fine. I'm not ripping on that. Yeah. If you think like, about it towards the, the video game sculpt. Yeah. It does look pretty good. Yeah. But like the other fig ghosts in the line were like, I don't know, some fish thing with like, weird jointed arms right and there was like the the um the ghost that comes out of the subway that had like the big mm-hmm. jaw on it and had several arms coming off of it and so as you look at those ghosts they're smaller they're not as good representations of like beloved characters and they but they have greater posability right they have more more ways for you to make them look like they're acting and more joints to move whereas like the later ghosts that Mattel did in the line the Scolari brothers right like they don't really have much they can move their arms and that's yeah. they move their heads but that's about it and so you look at the library lady and she's got kind of the same like range of motion right and i looked at that and i was like i love that line so much but that's part of the reason why i think is because by the end of it they were going okay we have a limited budget so where are we going to put the money into are we going to put the money into articulation or are we going to put the money into doing pack and ghosts that represent the characters well and that are going to yeah. display well on a shelf you know Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I still shout out to the Maddie collector line. I still love it. It's still my, <laughs> like my favorite mass produced Ghostbusters line ever. I, I'm right there with you. It's what started all of my collecting. Basically, it was the Maddie collector line. I the fact that it even exists is like a miracle in and of itself, yeah. really, because there was no properties really in, like as far as like a movie coming out or anything like that. And it, right. it had never been done. And it was like the first real crowdfunded basically type thing and yeah i'm i i have everything i'm missing one piece in that line and it's the rookie and you're missing rookie whole, really i'm missing the rookie mm-hmm. 
That's surprising. Yeah. I even have the well, yeah, with to get the full Scolari brothers was after the line was ended. Didn't uh Tony Scolari come with courtroom Egon and that was No, no. Uh Tony Scolari came have... with um no the the Scolari brothers came with Ray and Peter. And oh, okay. The Egon figure was the 2015 SDCC exclusive and what it comes with is an insane number of hand props. Like accessories with, like yeah. Like yeah, yeah okay. all the accessories they made for the uh the 12 inch figures they ended up making almost all of them in six inch scale and they packed them all in with the Egon figure. <laughs> What's weird about that. The funniest part about that is that that Egon figure, despite being an SDCC exclusive, you could still find it like a few years ago and you could probably still find yeah, it. Yeah. They made like, a lot of those. I think they made so many of them. You could find them on Amazon by like 2020 for like $15. You just buy one. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I can just get these and I can get the extra accessories. If I want to buy multiples or something. But like, yeah, it's like how you get the magnifying glass, the boom box, all in that scale came with courtroom Egon. So, yeah, 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 you're right. I was wrong. You're 100 percent okay. right. It's OK. You can say my favorite <laughs> phrase again. You were right. Uh, so you were right. No, I, I admit it. I'm terrible. Uh, I like that phrase. But no, you're I, it's kind of interesting, though, that like that's how they did those ghosts was like pack in and they but in contrast, like look at Hasbro. Like they haven't done, they haven't, like we didn't get any ghosts for plasma series. Just done. No, like just, nope, no, sorry. Like we're not doing pack in ghosts. We're doing, um, action. We're doing accessories and that's it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> got terror dogs though. Yeah. Well, you got terror dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's terror dog <laughs> with heads. Plural. <laughs> yeah. And heads was kind of an afterthought. The heads yeah. was like, we'll pack it in with something else. You had to buy a two else. pack. You had to yeah, buy a two yeah, yeah. pack. We'll pack it in It was a good two pack, though. Yeah, I don't know about you know, the well, name, but. The name was interesting, but. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, let's, you know, I, I'm, let's be nice to Hasbro this week. Let's not be. It's Toy, <laughs> toy Fair's coming. And then, like, I want to talk with yes. you about this a bit because. I want to see what Hasbro is going to be doing at Toy Fair this year because um, there was a lot released at Toy Fair. I was thinking about this recently that Toy Fair 2020 happened in February. It was like, um, what, probably four weeks before the pandemic started. Yeah, it was close. Yeah, it was really close. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I've said this, that I went to another event that weekend where uh, people were talking about, have you heard about this flu from China and being all like creeped out about it? Cause we were in Chinatown in LA and I was like, you're being weird, ethnocentric and strange. Can you calm down? It's not Jurassic park and it's not outbreak. And then people were like, Oh my God. Um, so then the world changed, <laughs> but, uh, toy fair 2020 had so many things promised to us. And then we kind of saw them all for the most part. Yeah, we did. Like, we the things we didn't end up seeing, which have been talked about in this podcast before, like we we didn't see the RC trap yeah. at that point. We didn't There's know that like, was coming. But the ectoplasm yeah. lab was showed to us. The we lab, knew that was yeah. coming. We knew the gushers were coming. And then like mm-hmm. we never got the lab released in the US, weirdly enough. So I'm kind of like I'm thinking about Toy Fair like this year is kind of like Hasbro's opportunity to kind of reset the marketing on toys mm-hmm. a bit because they had some stuff that never came out 
for whatever reason, <laughs> just never arrived. Um, they had things that were then showed to us later that year or later the next year when they were ready to, cause it was like not until I think July or August of 2021 that we saw, Hey, here's the RC trap coming out. And then it was canceled after that. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering like, what do you expect to see at toy fair this year from Hasbro or Ghostbusters related? I, I bet they, there's gotta be at least something planned, especially with the movie originally being supposed to be released in December. I'm sure they had stuff planned before they had to delay the movie for for reasons, writer's strike and and whatnot, but I'm sure that there yeah. was already plans in the works cuz the way I the way toys are that stuff's in production well before and during the movie being made and everything to tie in with the release. So I'm sure they were already prepared to have stuff for it. what they actually end up showing because the movie's now later. I don't know. I think it kind of depends on if we actually get a a trailer released before I don't know, but I'm there's going to be something they're going to show something they have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to figure out like. Whether or not we're going to see figures that are related to the movie in September. And part mm. of the reason I say that is like that would mean having to show us some characters probably. If they yeah. show us figure move like movie figures in September. We don't even have a trailer yet. We don't have a title still. Mm-hmm. And Toy yeah. Fair happens at the end of this month, like 20 days from when you and I are recording. So that would have to be like a pretty significant, like marketing push to be like, hey, here's the names of these characters that are in a trailer that you somehow know about. So that you understand why these toy releases are relevant. <laughs> and that seems like unlikely to me for some reason. It just seems like it's kind of like shooting your wad on like telling me you know who Patton Oswald is in the new movie because <laughs> yeah I guess the analogy to me would be like if they were doing a, a a series of figures like right before they were gonna release the trailer for Jurassic Park and they were like welcome to Toy Fair here's our Jurassic Park line people are like who's this well this is Dennis Nedry <laughs> well, what's a Dennis Nedry well we can't tell you sorry you'll see when the movie comes out and is uh, maybe that, that Newman happened. from Seinfeld no <laughs> yeah right like <laughs> this is like really weird but yeah like, you're I, right that's, and- you know what I'm saying? As, it's like it's yeah. it's really strange. Yeah, it is. It's there. It's an awkward place to be because I mean, as much as I love all the toys and collecting all the stuff, I don't want the first time that I see something to be in toy form. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. So yeah, yes. I mean, and we we'll see. And we had that, you know, a little bit with the last line too. A little bit, like, yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was supposed to be that way. I don't think we were supposed to get you know like podcast yeah. and um and um. So I'm like Celeste O'Connor's character just lost my brain. Lucky. That's really simple, Jim. What the hell is wrong with you? Um, I, like podcasts and lucky was, figures, yeah. you know, were like I could find those at Target uh, way before I could see the movie, which was kind mm-hmm. of a weird thing to consider, you know? Yeah. But I don't think that I think was the with plan. The, uh, no, I think with the the uh, with the plasma series reveal, I think it was the first time we saw Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson in the flight suits and stuff. I think that was like a big kind of spoilery kind of thing. I would like to hopefully avoid that this time. And there's no pandemic in, in the way of this movie release, but there is a, the strikes and stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) There is another hurdle to get over for a Ghostbusters movie to come out, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they got up their sleeve though. Yeah. I mean, I'm imagining that like, there's gotta be at least I've said this for a while that I'm expecting at least another wave of like the Kenner classics figures. 
that I think we're going to see those uh, because yeah, that would, it be, would great. be a way to sort of stretch out, you know, build hype to the next movie while not having to tease anything specifically from it. You get that mm-hmm. out for the holiday season. And it's something that we have a sense that there were other figures coming from that line because there were sculpts in like a, um, on like a B roll set of clips that were like, there was a Hasbro pulse con or something during the pandemic where they showed us those figures and they were like, let's show you how these were made. And they interviewed mm-hmm. a guy and it was like, we went back to the original files and this is blah, blah, blah. And they had all these different interviews with people about how they made the figures. And that included a guy sculpting a wax sculpt of a recreation of backpack Slimer. So mm-hmm. they had to be working on other stuff. And when I was at FanFest, and some people may remember this, we got a sense that that line was coming because they had a giant card mm-hmm. they had a ginormous you could stand in front of a card but it was for fright features ray <laughs> and like <laughs> they didn't do the fright features figures again when they came out with this most recent stuff they did a new line of fright features figures with mm-hmm. the ghosts having action as opposed to the figures themselves but the original fright features figures from kenner of course had you know movable arms their jaws would flop open whatever it was when yeah. you squeeze their legs and so i'm wondering like will we see another line another set of Kenner classics figures that would kind of stretch things out a little further until we get to a movie release. Um, we'll see, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I know exactly what video you're talking about with the showing the, the old sculpts and them working on the Kenner classics line. And there was a lot more than just backpack Slimer they showed. So there's a lot of stuff that they have. They, they blew the dust off of the old Kenner molds and yeah. they have access to, and we're reworking at the time. So Hopefully we do get some more of that. I mean, I'm game. <laughs> yeah, um, I would like to see that. I've actually been on the record as saying as much as the one thing I think we need most is an Ecto one that really rolls that's in scale with five and five and a half and six inch figures. Um, is anyone listening? <laughs> is anyone listening to this? Um, I would also think it would be amazing if they did a like. Um, I've, I'll call it Ghostbusters Firehouse Origins. Like it's. Like the they the Mattel Masters of the Universe Origins line has done this very interesting thing of kind of upholding the uh, aesthetics of the original figures, right? The scale of the original figures, but adding so much more functionality to them. And then they did the same thing with like a Castle Grayskull, right? Where they were like, let's mm-hmm. let's recreate Castle Grayskull like it was when you were a kid, but now we're gonna put in like the elevator is actually gonna be something that works as opposed to being something that's just like <laughs> yeah. a trap door. You know, like there's not just stickers on the floor for things. There's actual figures. There's buttons you can push that make sounds and lights and stuff. And so I would actually be a really like big proponent and a huge fan of the idea of them doing a firehouse, but one that was like not just, oh, we recreated the Ghostbusters firehouse of your youth, but we recreated it and we added in lights. We added in like a bell that went off that you could push a button on. I don't think they could probably license it from the cartoon, but if they could get like, you know, Laura summer screaming, we got one like that would be awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do. I love it when they do that stuff. I think they're Mattel's doing really cool things with that. They're not just re-releasing something. They're right. Putting some effort into it and some work into it and fixing some problems. And I think a lot of it actually probably has to do a little bit with, like laws and restrictions of certain things for a product have changed since the original mm-hmm. release. So they might have to, you know, safety reasons and stuff, just like with right. the re-releases of the Kenner classics, the size of the bug eye 
was bigger because choking right. hazards and whatnot. But I think if they did do that, I think I would love to see some updates. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just I think there was an opportunity to do that with the Ecto one they did. Like, I would have loved if they were like, OK, yeah. let's take your original Kenner Ecto one. But now let's give you the ability to drop in two double A's. And when you push a button, <laughs> some sirens, it does the lights. sirens and the lights blink. Like I got that. I have that from Playmobil, right? Like and that's the part <laughs> where I'm like, OK, give me what I like, what I like, but then build on it, you know, like kind of innovate on that and give me something worth buying like, the new. Right. As opposed to just yeah. being like, hey, I'm going to buy a thing that I had when I was a kid because I'm running out of those. I'll be honest, like I've <laughs> I, I've been doing this for a long time, everybody. And so it's like there's a point where you go, I don't really need to keep scratching a nostalgia ish. And that's I think that's part of what I was getting at with like figures that I'm more selective about at this point. Right. Where it's just like I, I don't need you to give me something because I once had it and now I need that fulfill. I've done a lot of that in my life. And so give me something new. Right. Give me something mm -hmm. that is like a new experience to have. And so I don't know what's something that you would like to see at Toy Fair. It doesn't have to be from Hasbro. It can just be like from anybody who has a Ghostbusters license, like who's making toys. What's something you would love to see at Toy Fair that's new? It's just like they haven't done. I really like I hope they I think they started something cool with their. Uh, with the Hasbro Fright Features line. Yeah, where it's like almost like a, a Kenner style simplified, like you said, they were really fun. And I really did enjoy that line. I, I think what they did with Slimer and Muncher and the Stay Puffed and that was really fun. I'd like to see him continue that. At yeah. least I hope it wasn't just a one off thing just for Afterlife. I hope I hope that line continues too. I I mean, the Plasma series is cool. I mean, whatever they come out with, I'm probably going to buy. But that's just <laughs> that's who we are. But <laughs> right, I, like, I would love to see something. Something new, you know what I mean? We've we've seen we've seen the guys, the the, the main yeah. four guys, how many times from how many different companies from I'd love to see something new. I'd love to see him get adventurous and show us some more ghosts and some more some more stuff, just stuff we have never seen before from any, any company that's able to obtain yeah. a license. Yeah, no, I I think that's like I'm, I'm into that concept, too, because like, look, the one thing I will say I did not buy. When they were like, hey, we're showing it to you. And aren't you excited about it? When they showed us the ghost popper, I just went, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to buy that. I don't I don't <laughs> need plastic. I don't maybe I maybe you have kids bought them. Uh, maybe I'm just the wrong market for this because I don't have kids. But like, I, I, I don't need that. I don't need a thing that shirts, shoots Nerf bullets. Yes, it existed when I was a kid. Yes, I shot one when I was a child. But like. <laughs> I, I don't need that. I don't even have a place to put that. That's that. That takes up so much shelf space. It's just, and I, and I went, I don't, I don't need, I don't not going to, I didn't, I didn't get it because I was just like, even though it's <laughs> something where I go, Oh, I usually get everything they make. And that's what I mean by being selective. I'm like, I need something at this point to be like a new thing. When you say continuing that bright features line, I'm like, okay, give me that firehouse. Right. Like, yeah, give there me, you go. Like the firehouse play set of maybe the next movie, but mm. do it in the style of, the fright features figures and continue that line. And that's more yeah. interesting to me than like, Hey, are you going to get another plasma series? Peter Venkman in street clothes. Are you going to get a <laughs> plasma series? Uh, Paul Rudd. Cause we already have his head in 3d sculpt <laughs> from Marvel stuff. And we just didn't manage to work out the paperwork last time. Like what I, which again, why, why did I, why did I not get that figure? Why did I not get a Gruberson in plasma series? But mm. like, 
that to me is less interesting, I think, at this point than the originality of a sort of like kiddish sculpt that you have to mm-hmm. do where you can't just take, oh, we've got an STL file of Paul Rudd's head. <laughs> just squish and squeak <laughs> it out and paint it and then shove it on a Ghostbuster buck. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. We definitely need to see some new ideas. We've seen yeah. the same things so many times and there's so much stuff that hasn't been done. So, yeah. So I hope that Hasbro is going to give us another set of fright features. That would be great. Uh, from the contemporary mm-hmm. fright features. I would love to see a reroll of the old fright features. If for no other reason that like, here's a reason Kenner, like they could do the Cl- Kenner classics fright features. We have such better materials now. Imagine a world of Egon's with ties. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that would be that. That would sell. That would sell. Unbreakable Egon ties. (laughs) Or Winston's jaw doesn't just stay open forever. (laughs) Ah. That's how mine is displayed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah mine is too because that's the only way it displays now it's just permanently open he's forever like looks like he's about to eat a giant submarine sandwich um <laughs> no i love that line though i do and so i don't know i would love to see more of that i want to see a continuation of it but i think i really do want to see like new stuff you know and i don't know how new mm-hmm. you're gonna get when you can't necessarily show us anything from the movie yet or you're going to spoil some stuff, you know? So, yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want anything spoiled from a toy fair. You no, know what I mean, I, like I said, I don't want the first time I see a certain thing that's going to appear in the movie. I don't want to see its toy form first as much as I would. It's cool. And it's, it's awesome, but don't want it spoiled through the toys. I'm trying to think, did they show us the muncher stuff? They had to have they because they showed us they so they did show us Muncher at Toy Fair. They had to have been the way. Because I think so. I think they, well, it was they showed the, us the ectoplasm the lab one. and he was mm-hmm. the pack in ghost for ectoplasm lab. Right. Like we didn't know what he was yet necessarily, maybe. But like here was this blue ghosty thing they were going to put in there. And yeah. I don't know if the fright features version of him was on display, but Slimer and Stay Puft definitely were because they were on the shelf there in the footage of that that I saw from different folks who went through the booth. So, yeah, they had a really nice display that year. I I remember the pictures. Yeah. yeah, I think yes, have some went and did that. They covered that too. Yes, they so did. They had like a lot of good photos of that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm eager to I'm eager to see what it's going to be. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Like maybe we'll mm-hmm. find out that they're not going at all. I'll th- sound really uninformed and stupid. Uh, somebody <laughs> else told me that about, like somebody else told me another big company was not going. And I was like, wow, really? Like yeah, they're just not going to it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty wild. So, wow. Yeah. Reckless speculation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like, if not, we just wasted like 25 minutes of just like, Hey, what do you think's going to happen at a thing that nobody's going to? <laughs> I right, look any concern I might have about whether or not we're, uh, we're covering something relevant or not. IGN says that Hasbro has a toy lineup for comic-con 2023. And uh, they posted that a month ago on YouTube. So, um, okay. Good. And it has like X-Men and other things. in it. So will they have Ghostbuster stuff? Who knows? But there was supposed to be that announcement that was going to happen. On, oh, there was that entertainment earth thing that happened a few weeks ago, or was that July when they were like, there's going to be an announcement yeah, that was and then it didn't happen. That was so. way too specific to just be a mistake. Yeah. I think there was something there that didn't get, didn't happen or they were told that is done is delayed and hey don't say that and 
Well, one thing I'm hoping to see at Toy Fair uh, is I'm hopeful that we might get an announcement, if not at Toy Fair, and at least around it, uh, about a ne- about a new HasLab. And yeah, that would be sweet. I don't know was- if that's when that's happening, but look, I'm just going to say this. I'm confident that's happening. I said this a few weeks ago. I said in passing on the podcast to somebody, I was like, well, when a new HasLab comes out, and whoever it was was like, oh, there's a new HasLab coming out? Like, and I went... <laughs> Well, to me, there is. And like, I'll just say this. If folks don't know this, because I'm not on this and I just saw it on Reddit when it was happening. There was a a call on Reddit. It was like Reddit slash R slash toys, like back probably almost this point, um, maybe two months ago. That was like, hey, are you a Ghostbusters fan? We're doing a focus group and you could try to apply to get in that focus group and see if you could be a part of it. And all of the preview questions for it were like. What are the things you shop with before? And it was like Hasbro Pulse, HasLab, Mattel Creations. It was all <laughs> of the like things that you would go crowdfund a toy with, you know, like all mm-hmm. those brands. And then it was like, what's the most you've ever spent on a single Ghostbusters item? Right. Like and so, <laughs> just all these questions that were very clearly targeted towards. Are you somebody who spends uh, large dollar amounts on collectibles and buys them on the Internet and crowdfunding models? And it was so obvious and transparent what you were looking at. Um, and so I, you know, from there, I believe that some folks did end up getting contacted about potentially being on a panel um, that I don't Lucky. think happened. But yet. But, you know, I to my standpoint, there is a HasLab in the wings because somebody at a, a marketing company hired by Hasbro felt bold enough to go carry themselves to slash or slash toys and be like hi (laughs) here's 20 questions anyone can fill out and read about what we might be figuring out in marketing right so (laughs) sorry hasbro if i'm kind of like overstating uh reality based off of interpreting your marketing strategy but i'm confident in it you know well they would be it would be silly not to with the last ghostbusters has lab was so yeah hugely successful and how many proton packs did they sell like 22,000 like or something yeah right? and without a wand i mean they sold two <laughs> i mean it was i mean it's crazy if you say it with that context so for them not to with all the ghostbusters gear that the that that they could possibly do they it would yeah. be silly of them not to yeah i mean and that's to me like that i don't know if we're going to get that announcement at toy fair because or a preview of it, because typically, like, I don't know that they take HasLabs to Toy Fair. I don't know if that's a thing or if they just kind of do them on their own know. terms because they go, it's Hasbro Pulse Thursday and go on the Internet <laughs> at one o'clock and watch two people show you a thing and be totally wowed by it. And then chat in our <laughs> chat room I, like that's their speed of doing things, I think, at this point. But, um, you know, they do show up at cons. They are, you know, theoretically slated to show up at Toy Fair. So. They have a lot to market there, of course. It isn't Ghostbusters stuff. They're doing X-Men stuff and Marvel stuff and all the other stuff they do. But I mean, mm-hmm. my little pony jump drives probably to give away his tchotchkes to people. and I won't get one, but whatever. Um, but <laughs> like, the point is that like I'm excited about a bunch of new stuff coming out. And I, I have to, in my heart of hearts, I have to believe there's a HasLab out there. Like It won't be another Proton Pack, I don't think. But some, like you just said it, there's so many other props and tools in the Ghostbusters universe that they can mm-hmm. make and in the way that they've built lightsabers out for years as like a category of things they make and then other yeah. like you know Darth Vader helmets and you know whatever else it is that you can buy as little props I think that that's really become a market for them it's huge so I hope we're getting another HasLab and that it's going to be something we haven't necessarily seen before 
you know, but uh, we'll see. Slide I think it's a safe everyone. bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a safe bet. With yeah. as successful as the last one was, they'd have to try again at least. And it's yeah. really no risk to them. I mean, if it doesn't fund, it doesn't fund. I mean, right. But th- it would if they I think did another would. HasLab. Look, yeah. I think that like there's some embarrassment when a thing doesn't fund. You know, like they when they like Star Wars team over there at Hasbro is has eaten some crow, I think, on some of their Hasbro <laughs> Pulse, uh, you know, uh, their plasma series. What am I trying to say? Their uh, HasLab offerings. Right. And mm-hmm. they've had a few things go wrong. I think there was like I'm trying to think what else didn't get funded over there. There was a cookie monster that was really awesome that didn't get funded. That was early. I think that might yeah, have been that the was first one of the very product. first very it was one of the very first ones yeah, yeah. but like as far as Star Wars goes I know they tried to do a a, a Rancor a large scale well I think it was yeah. a Black Series scale Rancor that didn't fund there was a, a lightsaber a Reva lightsaber from the Obi-Wan uh, series on Disney Plus that didn't fund uh, I think they had, they just recently had just a, a Marvel one with the but the Ghost Rider car didn't fund but the Ghostbusters one was a gigantic success because it only needed like originally, what was it, like 9,000 backers yeah. or something for it to pass. And it went to yep. 22,000. So well, for and, them to not. <laughs> I mean, look, part of that is because it's like they were making a proton pack at sub $500, right? Like that. Yeah. And they, nobody's ever really done it that has done it that accurately or promised the things they were promising. But I think part of the reason too is it's like, yeah, Ghostbusters fans, there's fewer of us and like hardcore Ghostbusters fans than there are Star Wars fans, I think. But oh, there's yeah. so little produced for us that <laughs> when they produce something like this, we're like, we have to get it. Like there's yeah. an easier ability to look aside at like, oh, they made Reva's lightsaber. Who cares? I have five lightsabers and they're from my five favorite Jedi, right? Like there's if they were making like five different neutronal ones, I think we would also kind of raise our eyebrows and go. "Mm." And I've Mm. joked about that. I'm like, if they really wanted to, they could just be like, take the shotgun muzzle off the existing neutronal wand, take a few greeblies off of the existing neutronal wand, change that handle and be like, it's the 84 wand. And yeah, we would it's probably not hard. buy one. I but did like, it myself. <laughs> right. Like, there's plenty of people who've already done it. But I think that, like, that's what's different about Ghostbusters and Star Wars to me is, like, that they, if they, they know they could have done that, but they chose not to. They just went, let's put out the one and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the next item we get probably won't be that because it seems like they're not looking to replicate, you know, uh, the, the same category of prop. Like, they could have done that very quickly. Within six months of putting out that first Spengler one, they could have been like, now you can buy the 84 one and then just kind of expanded <laughs> it from there. They could have been like, now you can get the video game wand and just gave us wand after wand after wand in the same way they do those lightsabers. Hasbro, don't do this. This is not what I'm telling you to do. I know right now you're going, <laughs> we, could do that. we could make money. Uh, but like, I see the value in what they're doing. If like, if they come out with a new HasLab that is going to be, something we've not had before, or even like if they do a trap, nobody's done a trap that opens and does anything other than like what rubies like since Mattel, like yeah, that, since Mattel, like, yeah, it's like Mattel did the trap and everybody was like, wow, that's amazing. And it's still something, something so coveted that people pay like seven, $800 for the stupid thing. If not more than yeah. that on eBay. And mm-hmm. in contrast to that, like the only company that has made a trap with opening doors since then, was 
the like offshoot of a costume company that is now out of business. (laughs) And even that was just the modification of their existing item, right? Like, so if they do something like that, I think that you'll get, you know, 25,000 more of those sold because everybody who bought a proton pack is going to buy a trap. Oh yeah. And then some, yeah. Yeah. So if they could RTV it, they yeah. could if they could come up with a trap that was an RTV and you could also convert it to a standard rolling 8489 trap, that would be amazing. I'm kind of interested to see for the next movie. Will we see a re-roll and a re-release of the roleplay props? Because like they're important. Oh. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they are. They're incredible. Like as much as they've been at Ollie's on discount, and everybody's like, "Well, why would you need to buy those now?" <laughs> yeah, that might be a sign of what what <laughs> they have planned. I'm sure they they're aware of all the stuff that's in Ollie's too. So, but like, what's interesting to think about though is that you need those role play props to exist to market to kids. They're not mm-hmm. for us, right? So, if that stuff is at Ollie's now, does that mean that it's done? Or does it mean it's going to come out in new packaging for the new movie? And I haven't talked about this yet in the podcast, so you and I Uh-oh. are going to talk about it now. But <laughs> RC traps, you know, that RC trap, everybody, the Hasbro yeah. RC trap, the one that we didn't get in the US, the Muncher suddenly trap. appearing on eBay in China and not in like, oh, there is a seller who has one, but more like a seller who has 20. And another (laughs) seller who has 10, but who has written in the margins, like, you know, or in the description, things like, if you want perfect colorized box, do not buy. These will arrive with wrinkling from long shipment and travel. And I can't decide what that's about. I can't decide if that is those traps never left China and they've been sitting around in a shipping container that never got put on a boat and somebody bought it. If they were in like a liquidation warehouse, or if maybe, just maybe, Somebody is repackaging some old blue props because they're going to get put back out like stuff that was pulled back. And I've said this from the beginning that like it wouldn't be that difficult to take the muncher item out, rip him out, take the muncher that is kind of phallic mm. and that everybody objects to throw him away, put a different version of that ghost or a different ghost in there entirely that pops onto the same like peg hole and put it back in a new box and you recoup those and repackage them and get them back out into the world. Right. So I have no idea. Nobody <laughs> like nobody right now should be like Jim reported it is happening, but it's very strange that all of a sudden there's like a clutch of, or several clutches of RC traps that are showing up in China and it appears from like toy liquidators. It's very weird. Hmm. So, so if you were to do that, take all of the quote unquote, phallic bunchers off of the trap mm-hmm. what do you do with all of them <laughs> just like, I mean, that could, piece what do you do with them all yeah you could repackage the piece you just removed and sell it somewhere else <laughs> liquidate those with uh <laughs> what is that i'm like what's the website that people go to for that i can't remember i've blown the joke but yeah you, you adam could, and eve yeah, you could bring those to Adam and Eve. Um, hey, we've got something for you. It's really deep discount merchandise. Call it I, Peter and Dana's. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine what you really do with them is melt them. 
Um, but <laughs> what fascinates me about that is that it means that those pro- like I have said that they were either destroyed or they're a warehouse. They, they never got on a boat. They never like the ones that came here, came here probably in um, assortment pallets and they were in the middle of the pallet. And so they didn't get pulled out. But the other ones that were going to big box stores, except for the ones that made it to Amazon, uh, probably never even made it out of China was my th- my sort of thinking about it. Or they made it to the U.S. and got turned around because we do know that happened too in the shipping manifest. And there's for those of you who are like, are you really getting this deep into the RC trap? Yes, I got so deep in this that I did a whole episode <laughs> on it way back in like episode 10 or something of Extraplasm. Go find it. Uh, but we know they came to the U.S. We know that there were shipping manifests and they arrived in ports. And they never came here. So that's why I'm like, are these shipping containers that got turned around in a boat, got taken back to China, got offloaded, put into some facility somewhere. Now someone's like, hey, we're liquidating and liquidating salvage of shipping containers. And that's where this turns up. Or is it something that's part of a larger, you know, um, a larger effort to recoup them? I don't know. So. But that made me start thinking about those other, you know, blue role play props over at Ollie's. Like, do they mm-hmm. just go away now? Because I think about a world when you were a kid, if they just made the hen- the uh, the Kenner real Ghostbusters proton pack for like one one window of time. It was like they only made the proton pack with the foam noodle on it and they only made months. it for like one movie, <laughs> like only in 1989 and never again would have been crazy. Right. Like yeah. that, that thing was around for several years of your life on toy shelves. Right. Like that's not mm-hmm. a thing that was just produced one and done. And so that's why I really wonder, like, are we going to see those same, you know, the, the mod wand or the more budget proton pack wand that came out, like all those little mm-hmm. things or the blue proton pack with the straps on it that, um, you know, it didn't do anything. It was just inert, but it was a little plastic proton pack for kids. Are they going to be back out? with new branding or are they just done? I think, I think they'll be back out. They'd have to, I it's universal. So. Yeah. Cause every time you see a, a star Wars movie, I swear it seems like some of the same kitty ish, more toy, actual like role play stuff looks pretty much the same. Might be slightly different colors, this and that, but then the packaging's different, but it's pretty much the same toy a few times. So yeah, I, I it'd be a smart move from them. They got to bring the role play toys back. What what keeps franchises alive is getting kids involved too. So right, I hope they do bring them back. Yeah, I I think that's part of why I think part of me why that ended up at Ollie's was like you need to liquidate your existing stock because the old toys that have afterlife branding. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they have an yeah, afterlife we got a new logo, logo now, and yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so I mean, that also maybe a conversation at Hasbro and at Ghost Core to be like, hey do we really want to put the movie branding on the role play toys? We just want to put ghostbusters because then we don't have to worry about all of this repackaging or kind of making sure that existing stock gets cleared out before we put out new stock because, Oh, that's not timely anymore. (laughs) You know, (laughs) um, it's kind of a weird thing to consider that that attachment to a movie logo kind of, you know, screws that up. And the other place I think about like that is Spirit Halloween. Um, for so many years, a number of their props had 35th branding on it. Oh, yeah. With the, the slimed 3.5 on it. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and so like the the walkie talkie 
was branded as Ghostbusters Classic 35th. And so when you found it in stores the next year, it was still branded that way. And they finally now, if you go to a spirit, they now have a uniform package design of the tan, like ripstop yeah, cotton rip fabric stop, look yeah. that is also used on like plasma series and everything else. But it's weird if you think about it, like going back just to 2019, you had this sort of almost scattered sense of branding identity across their products where even like, oh, the Ecto goggles are out. Oh, they're Ghostbusters 35th. And you're like, well, why? They could be worn <laughs> during any year. Who gives a shit? Like what? But the, the anniversary, like I get that's the reason to put them out, but that's just more work to produce now for for later to be able to market this stuff. So do you own that walkie talkie, though? I do. It is awesome. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. You actually it's like it's it's kind of cool because it's like you're Egon and you get to hear the conversation between Ray and Vankman. Yeah in the Slimer scene, like you're Egon and you're here and they're on, on your walkie talkie. You're hearing them talk to each other. It's yeah. really cool. Actually. They did a really good yeah. job with that. It's good. I mean, it's good. And it's like a three quarter size, like Motorola, basically like oh, what yeah. they did with it was 80% size or whatever. That was the whole era of like spirit Halloween. What can we do? Well, we'll make it 80% size, an 80% <laughs> size walkie talkie, 80% size proton pack, 80% size goggles. I think, you know, it's just like, that's their whole stick was 80% sized. And now they sell life-sized, so it's like <laughs> funny. But that I Motorola was, could use an eighty percent scale, though. That the legit ones huge. are huge and yeah. heavy, and pull your belt off. And <laughs> the only thing I didn't like about it was that it said Ghostbusters on it. Yeah, it's, it's like yeah. so cheesy. But you could easily I, fix I, it. You I painted mine off. Yeah, I, yeah, I painted mine off. I still need to make a little Motorola sticker and stick on there. But yeah. I just took some black paint, and it looks a thousand times better without the branding on but it. Like, but like that's a thing. I that still now, love it. It's in the stores now, right? You can find it. But for a while, <laughs> all right, brass tacks for real. I sold one of those on eBay, like probably in like <laughs> 2020. And I think I sold it for like $80, some insane amount wow. of money because they weren't around. And part of the yeah. reason why is they were produced as a one-off anniversary item for that year. The pandemic hit. And so even though like Spirit later on had goggles and everything else still, it was in classic packaging that was produced as in one-off anniversary year item as opposed to hey wouldn't you want to have a walkie-talkie as a ghostbuster now of course in contrast to that there's no shortage of ghost badges down at the spirit halloween which <laughs> no one needs everyone now that now that product is not awesome <laughs> no no we've talked not about it on the show that. several times and i'm sure that every time <laughs> i say it there's some people who listen who are like this is the reason this is the reason i'm gonna go leave the negative itunes review this is why jim <laughs> this is my ghost badge but like, and I'm sorry if that's true. Like, I don't really want you to leave a bad review and you can wear whatever you want. But like, I just think it's funny that that's a thing that spirit readily will have when you'll go there every year. Like, do you, do you have proton <laughs> packs in stock? No. What do you have? Ghost badges. Okay, great. That's really helpful. Right. But it's all unified. now. That's the part to me that's interesting is that when you walk in there now, everything that's there is a unified design. Like even the proton pack boxes, like and within the yeah. last couple of years, like they had a mishmash of the tan ripstop versus is it the one like with black. a man on it or is it the one yeah. with a kid on it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like how you were keeping track of which model proton pack you were buying was, does it have a man or does it have a child? <laughs> so I don't know. Like, that's why I wonder, like, will they do the same thing at Hasbro of saying, let's put out the role play props again. But we know there's all this media property coming. We know there's not just this movie. 
We know there's cartoons. We know there's all this other stuff that's coming. There's VR games. We need to be broader than just, oh, we are making stuff for the next movie. We are instead making the stuff to be a Ghostbuster if you're a kid, right? And so if they don't do that, then they're kind of leaving that ground, from my standpoint, to Spirit Halloween. Like, that's (laughs) who they are giving that ground up to because the reality is that like you can buy those props like from them year round. They're not just a Halloween store that exists like they are. They only exist in your Tuesday morning or bed, bath and beyond location during, you know, September and October. Uh, but like a year round, you can go online and buy the same stuff that you would go buy from Amazon. Right. So I don't know. It's just it's been something I've just been kicking around and thinking about in my head. So <laughs> the spirit Halloween's by me are in the old Toys R Us's and old Best Buy's. Are they? Are they <laughs> <Yeah>. still? <laughs> yep. The ones here are now currently in Tuesday morning stores, which all just went out of business and filed like their second bankruptcy like six months ago. Um, and they're in some Bed Bath and Beyonds. But there seems to be like, I don't know what the story is. My spirit Halloween, I went to one and there was a sign on the inside of it that said the only spirit Halloween that is open in this entire county is actually in Simi Valley. Sorry. And it was like, okay. (laughs) So they clearly were getting bothered a lot by people being like, are you open yet? And they were not. And it made me get the sense that like, maybe there was some staffing or some leasing issues going on, given that all of the other spirit Halloween locations that were listed were apparently not open. (laughs) (laughs) I did find one eventually, but it took a while. It took a good, took another two weeks before I could go to one. So. Well, regardless of what happens with Toy Fair and regardless of what happens with uh, HasLabs, you have your strutting moogs coming out, which we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. What else you got? What else you have coming out right now? What else is going on in Phantasm and Toys Land? Well, while we were playing around with uh, strutting moogs, uh, we were trying to pick like different poses and struts and positions for them to be in, whichever ones we liked. And. I mean, we did settle on, I think, is by far the best one and my favorite, but we also had some good ones. So we went ahead and made him a, a, a little a little mini me, a mini Moogs in our <laughs> in our Crypt Creepers form and made him glow in the dark. So it was another another strut pose we were thinking of. This one's more along the lines of him wiggling around the trash cans more than getting that full strut going. So we have him also available in a, in a mini form and we've released our our second wave of fan plasms, which is our recreations of the ectoplasm ghosts. Uh, Cause they're, they're hard to find and I yeah. want them for my collection <laughs> and they can be expensive. And, and, but more importantly, they're just really hard to find. And we really wanted to make them just, uh, just to see if we could really. And we don't even, own any physical ones so we've, we're completely re-sculpting them from the ground up gotcha. and just off of pictures and photos and reference i have two uh i only have two of the ectoplasm ghosts myself in my collection so uh right now we got the they had a uh a three pack well it wasn't a three pack but there's three in a set to complete and it made a face and they called it their come to the come to your senses ghost so we completely recreated the lip ghost and the nose ghost and the eyeball ghost and we got those uh in a three pack in a really vibrant yellow color and they fit right in with the the old school kenner stuff and it's a fun three pack that we got available now too i looked at those and i thought 
I really wish there was some sort of Mr. Potato Head product that these went on to. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, also these... my way of like telling you that you now need to make a haunted Mr. Potato Head item. Like you need to create that <laughs> as a ghost, you know, just, I don't know, poltergeist potato. I'm not just throwing <laughs> things out there, you know. And, but, and the, uh, the original come to your senses ghosts were kind of, uh, they were kind of two-sided, like with the eyeball one, you it looked like a certain kind of ghost and had all kinds of features on the one side. And if you turned it around, yeah. kind of had a different look to it. We really took that to another level. So now these ones are, especially the lips and the, the eyeball ghost. If you look at them from the front and the back, they, they, they work both ways and are completely different style faces and, but really still capture that old school Kenner feel. And, uh, I love them. I think they're really fun. Yeah, they're very cool. Um, I like your mini Moogs, and I was thinking about that today. That uh, <laughs> this is maybe you will end up doing this. Maybe you already thought about this, but what if you did a three pack of those in different poses, like the same oh. way the mini Puffs came out from the Plasma series? That is a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking no, about this because I went into my closet today to look for something, and I thought I had like four packages of those because i was like i'm gonna army build these and then i realized how many people i know who were like couldn't find them and i went oh i have an extra don't worry and so i opened my closet and i was like i only have one extra of these how did that happen (laughs) that's not supposed to be a thing and i went online to go look and i was like oh my god nobody has these anymore like this is the thing from the entire plasma series line that has become the hardest to find like do you want a podcast plasma series figure six dollars on clearance somewhere <laughs> but like if you want those little uh you know stay puff figures the little mini puff figures they had they're way harder to find now. it's kind of crazy so you could do mini moogs and that would be awesome I would buy them. <laughs> yeah we wanted to keep we want to keep our crypt creeper line going too so and he's like of all of the companion quote-unquote companion ghosts and packing ghosts he's He's perfect. He's the companion ghost. Yeah. So we had to make him in a in a mini ghost form too. And and we and we're huge fans of anything that glows in the dark. And any opportunity we have to make something glow in the dark where it actually makes sense and still looks good, we're gonna do it. So yeah. obviously mini moogs glows in the dark. That's awesome. I'm <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, I kind of want to army build them now. I just want like, what's funny is that you always, you always army build cause you just do production. And so like you have to build an army in the process of producing. And you often send me these photos that are like, Hey, here's my basement right now. And here's like, you know, several hundred of something. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's army building. So <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I like that. So but I, beyond that, um, you said you're going to continue working on the Crypt Creepers line, and I imagine you've got some other Class 10 ideas still in the pipeline that we've yet to see. Yeah, a lot, we've, we've teased a lot of things, and we're, and we're working on them. It's just, we're a really small, tiny little speck of a company, really, if, if, if anything, and just two dudes hand-making everything, and there's not a single order that doesn't get shipped out that isn't, you know... Everyone goes through my hands right. from point A to to your collection, so it take it takes some time. So we don't want to we don't want to lose our quality and start rushing, and that's our most important important thing. We want to 
maintain is the quality of the stuff that we put out. So we try to not bite off more than we can chew. But a lot of the stuff that we've teased in the past, it's still in the works and we do still plan on having it come out. You've shown me photos like over the last year, especially like producing slime ball with like all these different variations of them because you're getting sculpts right and stuff. And I was thinking about you all recently because like pre- what is that? PCS, like a premium collectible studio, whoever's doing that, the $700 figures of or figurines of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Vegan and Ray they showed and yeah. Yeah. They put out like their Ray figure and the community was like, what? And even <laughs> I was like on the podcast jokingly saying like, he looks like Roy Stans and not Ray Stance. I don't know who this guy is. He looks like Roy and not Ray. But that's a company that turned around and had like the same, like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to get feedback and we're going to change what we're doing. Right. We're going to kind of change course and redesign what we're doing to better meet consumer need. And it's an admirable quality. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's just something that I think that you may continue to uphold that kind of a decision making process of like, what can we do that is going to be make people happy, make sure we're getting it right. It may take longer. We may release things in the pace we want to, but it means that you don't send anybody home unhappy. Yeah. Try not to, because I've, I've been there personally. So dealing with, you know, other smaller companies and things taken way too long or you get it and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in what I do and try to put myself in the customer's shoes. Cause I've been there and try to maintain, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but we're just trying to keep doing what we're doing <laughs> I- and we're still having a lot of fun doing it. I think one of the things I want to tell you that um, this is kind of fun is that as a result of you coming on the show and getting to know people from the show, I now get vicarious joy messages sometimes. Like people buy something from you and then they message me to tell me they did. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And they're like, look, my destructor's here. And they send it to me. And I'm like, that's awesome. I'm so stoked for you. And I've had several people message me and be like, Hey, I got a destructor. And I'm like, right on. That's dope. And I'm like, this thing's great, isn't it? And I'm like, yes, it really <laughs> is. It's really one of like the best things, isn't it? And so um, you should know that, that even if people don't message you, I know that, you know, as, as a company, sometimes you get messaged for reasons like I'm dissatisfied about whatever. And I don't think you get too much of that. But like every company does. If you're not getting enough, hey, this is yeah, awesome. You can't hosts. make everybody happy all the time. But. Yeah. But if you're not getting enough accolades yourself, like know that I'm receiving them on your behalf sometimes. <laughs> just kind of fun. They're like, the guy who was on your podcast, I bought his thing. It's really cool. I'm like, I know. That's why I, that's why I said you should get one, because I got one. But yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's so rewarding to see that when I when we do get the messages from people and say, Hey, I got it. Look, he fits right in. And look, I got him right next to this or this. And it's an honor to be in people's collections and right next to their stuff. And showing off our things next to other collectibles and things that they cherish and our stuff is sitting right on the shelf next to it. And it from the first time I've ever received a picture that somebody sent me where they got something that I made to the very last one I just received is still yeah. awesome. I still can't get over it. It's surreal. It's so funny. And it's just like so great. I mean, I've talked about this a million times of watching you all grow as a company and the time that you have is amazing. It's just like, wow, how did you do this? Is like it's impressive. But I, I do think that that has to be such a good part of this is that the number of people whose faces you put smiles on, uh, because, you know, <laughs> I, I really, I, I'm 
love getting those messages from people who are just excited when they get the thing from, you know, they, they've, they've seen it, they've been waiting for it, they get it. And there's this sort of desire to share that joy. And when, and I mean this, if you're one of those people out there who messaged me, I'm not even like say this facetious, be like, I love getting those messages. They're like, look what I got. I've been waiting for it. I'm like, that's awesome. Like that makes my day to know that you are excited about it. Cause it's just, it's cool. So I don't know. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we split? Uh, if you're anywhere near Cincinnati for Cincinnati comic expo, find phantasm toys. We're going to be there. I don't know where we're going to be in, (laughs) but we're going to be there. We got a table. Uh, we're going to have a lot of stuff set up, a lot of stuff for sale, a lot of surprises, a lot of cool things. I would love to be able to meet some people. And, and that's, that's exactly why, uh, why we decided to do a convention while Brendan's here. So we can shake some hands and have some fun and, and get out there and not just be an internet identity and become like a real company. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, if you're around Cincinnati, September, I think it's like I said, September 22nd, I think it starts. Uh, we'll be there. I'm excited for you all to be going out to that. I also want to say, of course, that people can get your stuff at phantasmtoys.com and that your pre-order for everything we've talked about, your strut. Yeah. Uh, Strut and Moogs. We got glowing mini Moogs, fan plasms. We got those yeah. up, uh, up for pre order now for probably, I don't know, a couple more weeks. We'll make sure that we post, follow us on Instagram is where we do most of our work. And uh, we'll make sure that we let everybody know what we got coming up and what's available and all that good stuff. So, well, I hope us. you take lots of photos at uh, Cincinnati Comic Expo. I want to keep calling yeah. it comic palooza or comic. I just want to make it something else. I don't I've know called it 20 different things and it might <laughs> not even be comic expo to be honest. <laughs> and I'm not sure how we're going to put this one in the books. Cause technically this was supposed yeah. to be an appearance for the two of you. And we said we were starting a new punch <laughs> card for the two of you, but then you came alone, which I think means that you might've actually exceeded your five. God, uh, who's counting? Get robes, man. This uh, is... Who's counting? <laughs> no, I appreciate that you come on Extra Plasm as often as you do because you're one of my favorite people to talk to uh, about stuff with Ghostbusters stuff and just in life. You're just a person who's grown to be an amazing friend. And um, when I say for, for the phrase "friend of a podcast," you know it's a thing people joke about and bandy around. I joked at one point I was going to get T-shirts for anyone that just said "I'm the friend of a podcast" and just had Extra Plasm on the podcast <laughs> back of it, um, but. I do mean this. I really appreciate your friendship and your friendship with the show. And, you know, I really want to say to folks, go out and support Phantasm Toys if you don't already, because you won't ever be disappointed. Um, you'll always walk away with something that makes you happy. So, yeah. Well, that means that really means a lot, Jim. And right back at you. I'm happy that we've uh, been able to become really good friends. And above everything else, I am truly a fan of the podcast. So just being able to be invited just on Extra Plasm is just I love it. It's I'll do it. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, then good because you'll do it again probably. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Nope, you're it's fired. That's it. <laughs> that was my but way I of love talking you with you, man. Whether we're recording something or for the show or just just you call me because you're on your way to the pool and there's something you just don't <laughs> you can't text and you gotta just I love I love getting the phone calls and all the messages and no, stuff. It's, it's super fun. And- it's good. And so much of Extra Plasm has been about making new friendships and relationships that are 
meaningful and powerful and help people be creative. So I always think of you as a good example of that. Like you're a person who when is in the middle of like sitting around a pandemic and was like, what if you just be creative with other people? Just like, <laughs> here's the thing to do. So keep at it. We're happy to have talked to you and we we'll hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, for man. Me. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Keep it up. All right. Thank you. I will try. You too. Take care. <laughs> See ya. That's going to wrap things up for Extra Plasm this week. I want to say thank you again to Tony Taylor for coming on the show and as well to Brendan Pierce, not just because he makes our logo every week and provides a visual identity for the show, but also because he came all the way to the United States and he planned to talk to me. And even though he couldn't, he actually showed up on webcam sick to be like, I'm sorry. So, um, Brendan, if you're listening out there, uh, when you are better and feeling up to it, please let's do an episode together. And for those of you listening out there, send Brendan some uh, some warm wishes and some get well so he can feel better and go ex- experience the United States after flying all the way here rather than just being sick in Tony's house. Uh, beyond that, I want to say thank you to you as always uh, for listening to the show. The show would be nothing if not for the folks who interact with it. And I did say this this week that I really enjoy listening and hearing from you all um, when things are going awesome or when you're excited about something from the show. So if you want to reach out to the show, of course, you can hit me at Extraplasm on Instagram for at least a little while longer, you can probably reach the podcast on X or Twitter at Extraplasm. And you can always reach the podcast at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us now on Facebook if you haven't already. And if there's a way you want to support the show, you can leave a positive review uh, for the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get the show because it really does help uh, for shows to get connected with their fan bases because of recommendations. Uh, It sounds kind of silly because I don't think all of us are necessarily out there looking at reviews of what people are saying, but the algorithm is. Uh, So if you want to help boost the signal for the podcast, that's a great way to do it. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And as Ernie Hudson reminds us each and every week, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.